Hey, this is Nathan Fox, illustrator, artist, comic book guy, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Flawless execution. From the back. Travel impacts, we do it from the back. That's dirty. Why you gotta go there so early? Oh, do we have to wait for the second hour for that? No, it's, well, yeah, that'd be nice, because then we're all limber and lubricated. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. That's when you go in for the kill. Gotcha. Hey, everybody. How you do? This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 880. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. That's true, soldier, and I am Clayton Abernathy. I I knew it. I absolutely 100% knew it. I knew you were going to be Abernathy. How could you not? You're so predictable. Wow. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you you know what? It's been a it's a special day for comic fans. You are Colonel Abernathy. And I will salute you every time you speak. Ah, nice. Awesome. Yeah, and in case you didn't know it, this brouhaha is brought to you by CheapGraphicNovels.com. CheapGraphicNovels.com does not take the leader to figure out that title, right? What are you going to get? You're going to get CheapGraphicNovels.com. Omnibus, trade paperbacks, manga, collected editions, art books, anything that would have spine. You'll find it at CheapGraphicNovels.com for a fraction of the retail price. Here is the dance you are going to embark in, on, with, from. What's going to happen? You're going to get an email saying thank you for ordering from CheapGraphicNovels.com. You're going to reply to that email saying, I would never, ever have known about all this magnificent savings if not for my fine handsome friends at 11 o'clock comics and mm. max is going to say you are a smart little cookie here is <laughs> free shipping on your next order it's amazing it's effortless and you're gonna save cheap yes yes sir yes sir well speaking of lubricated I have a fistful of beer. Fistful? Yes. I have, well, I was going to say I have big hands, but that's a lie. Just pretend I have the Hulk hands on. I have a fistful of beer, and it's all Sam Adams' old Fezziwig. Because it's rich and spiced. Half of what I am. I'm spiced. I'm not rich. <laughs> you're, you're rich with life, though. Yes. And friendship. Yes, yes. That's if true. if paper, well, no, because paper's money. But if comics were currency, I would be a very rich man. I felt like a very rich man spending a half hour on the phone the other day talking about Watchmen with my son. <gasps> yeah, that's a gift. Aww. That's a gift, my friend. It was nice. It was that so is. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. And then he said, and then he texted me 
yesterday asking with a, he gave me a list of books and said have you read any of these books he should just ask you if you have any of these books. yeah but well, you know I, what don't scoff at him when he does stuff I'm not like because no not I you not. jason just don't I scoff don't I, do. no I, my response was i read all of them but there was one i didn't read there you go they have to choose one of the i don't know if he has chosen yet because he hasn't hit me back but they have to choose one and read it over the thanksgiving break for their class so awesome Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the the phone call, Dad. You know what? We're 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 currently looking at books where, um, you know, it examines a young girl's uh, burgeoning sexuality. Have you ever read any of those books? Well, now I got to give you the list because the, <laughs> it's a slice of life. Oh no! Book. So here's the list of the books: March, Excellent. Fun Home. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> the best we could do. Wake. The Magic Fish and Kindred. Now they all are slice of life books for underserved people. Yes, one far more important than all of the others, but nonetheless, well, that's well. That's an, I mean, I assume you mean March. Yes, I don't disagree with you. Although I've, we're being fair, even though it's not your cup of tea, I think Fun Home and March are significantly ahead of the rest in terms of their cultural significance. Fun Home is an yes. answer for LGBTQ. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is, and it's a very important book, but. Um, and I'm surprised that the teacher, because I think this teacher's a little half stepping, if given the list, didn't have Persepolis on here, because to me that's that's the other one in this in this type of book that would be you know that's a all time great book. As no, well. they're all very very good books. Yeah. Well, I've never read Wake, so I can't speak to that one. But uh, I told him I've read the others, I own them. So if he wants me to bring a copy to Florida, I can bring it. So yeah, I'm just waiting to see what they pick. But I told him to have them pick March. I said, if you, if you have any say in the matter, have him pick March. Mm. You're a lighthouse, my friend. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. So and and what is that lighthouse drinking? That lighthouse is drinking some polar seltzer of a. Uh, it's a new. Fl- it's new for me. I don't know if it's a new flavor in general, but uh, p- pink apple and lemon, which is kind of interesting. It sounds good. Yeah, it is good. It's it's weird. I mean, it's a, like I don't even know what a pink apple is, but I'm here for it. Uh, and I have some some water and a um, La Colombe, which is a coffee brand. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar. I don't know if they have it in your areas, but La Colombe um, triple oat milk uh, iced coffee in wow. a can that I'm going to drink too. Maybe pink apples like a euphemism, like prairie oyster. <laughs> Maybe. You think? It could be. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Dap, what are you drinking? Uh, I am enjoying a delicious gin and tonic. There you go. That seems to be one of your, that's your joint these days. I feel it like really it, is, yeah. yeah. Gin makes a man mean. It's light, it's refreshing. Yeah, those, at the, least that's what I've been told from milk and cheese. Oh well, that's, well, if you're gonna, I mean, that's yeah, nonsense. I guess they would know some nonsensical stuff right there. <laughs> it's on a coaster. Dorkin made coasters, and the one this gin makes a man mean, and it says beer, poor man's rocket fuel. We not we had, be mean, but Dorkin's always struck me as someone that I would not want to hang out with. Yeah, he's he's dude's a drag. Dude looks. On the I, think so. I think so. I think so. But isn't it weird, odd that he? conducts himself like that but he is a funny bastard yeah but they say that like a lot of comedians are straight up like 
misanthropes, right? And like yeah. hate themselves. Like so, it's all probably part of the same cycle. But but yeah, man. Every time every time I catch wind of his, uh, I mean, it's not like I I don't think I follow him in any platform per se. But somehow every now and then I feel like he'll he'll go on a rant and it'll make the cir- make the circuit. And I'll, right. I'll read and be like, oof. Mostly, like, I'm, I'm the old guy. Nobody wants to hire me and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. But I do think he's a wonderful creator, very talented and funny. Yeah, he's one of those people. We, oh, we should maybe do this as an episode one time. He's one of those people that I would put on a list of like, definitely think he's le- legit great, but does very little for me personally. That's a good but list. Like, people yeah, love right? like, when like, we do lists. We should do that. People love when we do lists. Yeah, we should do that one soon. Yes. People love the fucking list. They because do. they get to play along. They get to make their own list, debate ours, shake their fist at us, right. cheer us, you know, yeah. Today was a very special day in the old comic shops. Oh, my God. Yes, it was. Yep. I, I'm going to call this G.I. Joe Day. <gasps> yes. Yes, because it yes. saw the arrival of not one but two, tactically two first issues of G.I. Joe in the same day. That's right. And and I think a big asterisk for both, right, in terms oh, of Of course. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of cute on the uh, cover of 301 where it says, <laughs> you know, first, but it's the 301st issue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, very clever. Uh, I love the treatment of that color, uh, that cover. It, it was it was done very, very, very tongue in cheekly. I liked it. I mean, before we get into it, I was thinking that as a longtime Transformers fan, I've become accustomed to that carrot on a stick, which was G.I. Joe versus Transformers. It, it happened infrequently, but when it did happen, it was an event. And I'll be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. I respect the legacy. Mm-hmm. Larry Hama and company did really good work on the Marvel book and other publishers, G.I. Joe incarnations. But... They don't mean all that much to me until they're paired with the Transformers. It's the str- sure. it's the strangest thing. Like if if the Transformers and GI Joe were not so closely intertwined in this Energon universe thing that Kirkman's got going on, that double page spread, uh, the the promo for Duke. I mean, it's nice, but it would really mean nothing to me, or or next to nothing. But now that the, the the mythology is is linked, I'm like, whoa, Duke, mm-hmm. number one, this is going to be great. As I like, the, the old me would be like, bitch, what are you talking about? Like, you you have no love for GI Joe, but I think it's the magic formula, right? For for at least for me, who is like a diehard Transformers fan, and now GI Joe's been stirred into the mix. It's even better for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, how did this happen? Now we have to be fair to. I, I know you're not, and I, I know you're not indicating otherwise. But uh, we have to be fair, and 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 this was not a a, a skybound um, idea. I mean, the 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 uh, GI Joe and Transformers have been interlinked for quite a long time. Oh and, yes, yeah, yeah more yeah. sometimes more closely than others. Like, yeah, like the the, the Dreamwave. I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't read much of the IDW run, but I do know that for a time, Starscream was a regular member of Cobra in, in that book, as an example. Right. It, yeah. I mean, it's not novel, but it is when you have a powerhouse creator like Daniel Warren Johnson on the book. 
Yes. And so that is naturally going to garner my attention. But then when you put Chris Mooneyham mm. on a Joe book, and I'll be totally honest, the events, eh, they were fun. I thought the events of 301 were kind of cool. Oh, you mean the, like the plot? It's yeah. A, yeah. Interesting, right? But yeah. the art, like, wow, he is the deciding factor for me. Like, as yeah. long as Mooneyham's on the book, I will be buying it. Yeah, I mean, as the, I guess, the resident G.I. Joe Mark of the three of us, the one who cares about it the most, um, you know, it, it's certainly something I've been looking forward to. I will say with no sense of hyperbole that Chris Mooneyham is the best artist we've ever had do a G.I. Joe book. There's no, there's not any, no G.I. Joe book has ever looked like this book has, and I will fight anyone to disagree with me. Well, I th- yes, it is very, very beautiful, but... I'm not going to relinquish the title from um, Trimpy. Just not going to do okay. it. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. All right. Let's give Trimpy like a an emeritus. Yes, he's mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. But if you're talking non-Trimpy, the creator, the right, the original yeah. creator that, that brought it to life visually. I'm I'm not going to. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll put it aside. But I mean, in the hundred, you know, well, uh, in the three hundred proper issues. Trimpy. I don't even remember how many issues Trimpy drew. He didn't draw that many, actually. Um, and then, and then all the subsequent Joe-related comics we've had. Um, there have been a few decent ones, like miniseries and stuff. The Chuckles miniseries was great, you know, visually. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I, I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts reading this book that there has never been an issue that was rendered as well. My favorite nostalgia 80s characters have never looked as good as they did in this issue in my opinion okay with that little tweak i i think i'll agree with you mm-hmm. the the cubert influence is strong yeah for sure for sure yeah not just and, the boys mm-hmm. but daddy too and and i know that like fame and success is a, a lot of talent and also a lot of uh and and some luck as well as i was reading this book you know, I generally thought about Mooneyham a lot because we've known Mooneyham, known in quotes, I mean, we've known him, he's not, I wouldn't say he's our friend, but we, we know him tangentially. We've talked to him at cons and, you know, I've bought some art from him over the years and whatnot. So we're like in the same, you know, we, we, we're acquaintances, you could say, all of us and him. Um, but it, it's fascinating to me seeing him do this book just juxtaposed. He, he, I don't know if he still is with Felix actually, but he was with Felix for a long time. And, it's just fascinating to me that, um, you know, like I'm reading this book or I'm looking at the, looking at the art and thinking there's, in my opinion, there's not much different in his art ability or style or line or approach to people like Sean Gordon Murphy or Pepe Larraz. Like, I, I don't know that he's in any way inferior to them in as much as, you know, you're judging, it's maybe not fair to judge people art, but, but you know, if you're, if you're comparing them, like if you just took, if you took the names away and you had each of them draw the same comic, I, I think, I don't know that Numuni him is any step down visually as a storyteller. And even aesthetically, I think they have very similar aesthetic. And so it fascinates me that, you know, Mooneyham hasn't had the career um, and certainly doesn't have the cachet in the, collector world or the the you know the art market that those two guys have and i'm just reading this book and thinking why not right like what's what right. is up with that like, well i maybe, think it was maybe, bad this book will help but i yeah. don't I, I don't want to say bad choices but books that didn't really capture mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the market like five ghosts was great but yeah how many people read that 
Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, we the first con that I remember talking to Felix as a, as an art rep. Like I had met him before that when he was a collector, but but when he was an art rep was the year the Five Ghosts came out because I remember we were doing our rounds at the tables and the three of us stopped and talked to Moonahim about Five Ghosts and how much we enjoyed it. And I think we mentioned about maybe him going on the show. It never happened, but um, and but that had to be what at least what eight ten years ago. I mean. Maybe I'll, ch- I'll check the intro when I paste it to this episode. There you go. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to really say what he's done since. I mean, I can think of some things, but, but he hasn't, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it is. He hasn't had that seminal book that got people really psyched, psyched about. His yeah. Work. And he's phenomenal. He's so steeped in the bronze age. Uh, I mean, I see a little bit of both Basimas here and there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not not aping it, but mm-hmm. y- you could tell that there's definitely an influence there. But yep. the Cubert hooks are really, really strong. Oh, for sure. I yeah. agree completely. Yeah. yeah. And and he, he has a piece in the back of the book. Each, both 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 Larry Hama and, and Munahim have a piece in the back of the book talking about this experience. And Munahim very... I think it was interesting the attack he took and just said he was not a GI Joe fan um, because he's a little younger than, than, uh, than, uh, than us. And so he, he kind of missed, you know, GI Joe was really, I mean, 84, right? So if you were a kid in 84, uh, your hooks were in GI Joe or transformers. Like that was, you know, early eighties is, so if you were a little older, you probably weren't as into it. I mean, you're a little older, which is you're probably right on the fringe of like the age group that would have been into it. Right. Like you, like I would imagine. And, and then I think, I'm like I'm at the very end of the eight of that cohort, you know, because in '84 I was 10. So like, you know, but but if you're so his point was he was probably like five when it was coming out, so it just didn't mean much to him. He knew of it, but he wasn't ever nostalgic for it. And uh, and I appreciated him being honest about that, you know, that he was pulled into this. But um, but what's really crazy, dude? Like putting aside how much I've shit on a lot of it, and I think it's been worthy of being shit on. Larry Hama has been writing this story for 40 years. Yeah, it's nuts. And uh, it, the thing that really made me chuckle was, uh, pun intended, that the uh, retooled G.I. Joe number one with the the different dialogue it presented as the way he originally intended it as opposed to the way the editors redid it without him knowing. Like he's been answering that question for 40 years. Well, here's the thing, Dap. I don't know, like before tonight, I don't know what your opinion of Larry Hama is or was, but after this, he's got to be one of your favorites because my dude is an Hall of Fame grudge holder. <laughs> my dude has <laughs> held a grudge about a single word balloon for 40 oh, years to the point that when he agreed to keep the book going at Skybound, he got them to reprint the book from 40 years ago with one panel change. I mean, that is a grudge. Yeah, that is that's that pretty is strong. Pretty strong. Carrying yeah. the Stuck weight my with cross you. Since 1982. <laughs> Holy shite! Yeah, that cool thing. is I, I, legendary. I shake his hand when we see him next time. Another cool thing about the book is they printed it on pulpy, not quite newsprint, so it has the texture of a vintage book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be clear to people, because uh, people are like, "What are you guys talking about?" Um, like Vince said, we we got GI Joe number three hundred one today, which is the Chris Mooneyham drawn 
ongoing at Skybound, which again is not part of the Energon universe. Uh, so people, some people are confused today. It is just the continuation of Larry Hama's ongoing story that started at Marvel, uh, picking up right where it literally picks up picks up seconds after issue three hundred ends uh, from IDW and continues the story. Um, it it will not tie into the Transformers or any of that. The other GI Joe books that are coming out, including Duke which comes out, uh, I think, in December, the first issue, um, are based in the Energon universe and will be tied into the same world that we're getting from Void Rivals and Transformers and will yes. be its own continuity. So these are separate. This is a separate thing, um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see if people care more or less about it because of that. But the other book that came out today, and I don't actually have the official title handy, maybe you do, Vince, but it's basically G.I. Joe, Real Make and Hero number one, the original, the, the, the first comic from Marvel, uh, a reprint with a skybound logo and um and, and the only well there's there's two changes one that the coloring's a bit different um because it's a different coloring process but but two the change is that larry hama there was a panel in the first issue of gi joe that larry hama's editor at the time changed rewrote without his without letting him know and asking his permission and that has pissed off Hama for 40 years. And in part because I guess Hama claims that it it was written in such a way that he's been labeled as right. like a neocon sort of like warmonger or rah-rah guy um, for 40 years. And he, that's not him at all. And it's bothered him. Now, I, I can't speak to that. I mean, I've, I'm, obviously, we have nothing. We, we, I'll take him 100% his word there. It's his life. He's lived it. So clearly it must have been something that's 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 he's been labeled that way. I never I, I didn't know that I thought of Larry Hama that way, but, but fair enough. But for context, of course, when you read Hama wrote a, a post in the, in the book explaining um, how, why he was frustrated by it and that he was really grateful that Skybound was willing to put the book out again with, with the original text, re, you know, uh, put back in the panel. So I saw not the panel. It is a panel of, of Hawk talking about uh, being a soldier and, in the original, like the Marvel number one issue, it says, we're soldiers. Our job is to follow orders to do the impossible and make it look easy. Now that's the, that's what we read as kids. And that is what Hama hates. That's what was changed without permission. Go ahead. I was going to say, maybe you should not read the retooled panel as incentive for them to oh, go out okay. and buy this damn thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's um, significantly now, different. Yeah, we we will for the we'll say this for the patrons. We have a little graphic that that I created with that shows the two panels. But we'll, we'll post it on the Patreon. But uh, but if you're not a patron, you'll have to just read the comic and uh, and try and figure out what he's what, what they changed it to. I, I without spoiling it, I will say I was a little skeptical before reading of why it would matter much. But reading the panel change, it's certainly subtle, but it does definitely have a much different feel to to hawk and what it means to be a soldier right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, th I thought the the retooling was much better or, yeah not the retooling the original was much better mm -hmm. yeah would you think that i mean you know well let me get so before let me just before you answer that um i will say again as the person who who probably was like from a plot perspective most interested in all of this um i think the criticism i'm seeing from some uh today is that 301 pulls you right in. It suffers no fools. It expects that you know what happened in the IDW run. Now, one, I would say, well, of course it would because it's 301, right? It's not a new number one. It Like, that's the point, right? It's it's continuing the story. Whether you've read it or not, just like any comic we ever picked up off the stands, if you picked up Avengers 87 or, 
you know, X-Men 139, like you, you like you had an understanding that you were going to have missed out on a lot of stuff and have to play catch up. I would think if you're picking up G.I. Joe number 301, you understood that was what was going to happen. Right. Um, but pe- some people are kind of vexed by it. I don't know why you should, should be vexed, but you're vexed. But I will say that it is a fair thing if that you weren't expecting it. It's going to be off putting because this literally picks up seconds after episode uh, issue 300 and does not give you much of any explanation you're you're pulled right into a situation where a bunch of the joes are on a uh a, a, you know a, a cargo plane that's about to crash you have a bunch of joes that are on the whale that are invading cobra island and you have a bunch of of cobra island people who are watching a countdown clock of a bomb that serpentor has set to go off that will turn everybody in its radius into murderous mutants and uh and that's like that's it like you're you're not given any backstory you're not given any context and uh really not given any sort of like precursor like there's not much setup it doesn't kind of reset things it's not a soft reboot it's straight up like well here's the next issue and let's continue a pace so it was it's an interesting similar, choice go ahead mm-hmm. it, it, it's just like it it's just like a tv series moving networks without without rebooting without retool without it, it's just like yeah, hey we were on fox mm-hmm. now we're on abc it's the same it, it's new season but we're just picking up where we left off yeah, so, so with you guys not, I mean, now I read 300 and talked about it on the show, and at the time I told you I love the nostalgia of it, but I thought the art was just an abomination, and it really hurt my heart that that was, at the time I thought that's how it was going to end, and I thought if that's how we're ending G.I. Joe, it really hurts my heart. Um, um, but I'm curious, because it's probably been many, many years, if not decades, that you guys have read this this version of G.I. Joe, like this this ongoing version. What did you guys think of, of the issue from that perspective? Well, I was picking up occasional issues from IDW. Sure, but I mean, I mean we not, talked not it up re- back in the day. Though. No, yeah, not not yeah. not on the regular. But um, a, a couple issues I have with your uh, assessment of it. Okay, I think they gave the casual reader more than enough setup okay. because it, it based. I mean, it's it's literally here's GI Joe. This is why they were create were created. Here's True. the guys that run it. Oh, mm-hmm. look in this corner. It's the bad guys, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mindbender, Serpentor. I didn't know Serpentor. Now, maybe I'm just, I don't pay attention, but I didn't know that Serpentor has the DNA of Genghis Khan. That's crazy. That's a bit of a, yeah, so this is, that's a bit of a retcon, only in that, in the comics forever, like since I think Devils do, he's been Serpentor Khan. And, 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 and that's, but, but just, I say it's a bit of a retcon because in the cartoon, when he's introduced in season two, he is actually the amalgamation of lots of world leaders, including Genghis Khan, oh. uh, all brought together to be like the perfect, the perfect leader. Um, and somehow or another, he became like just Genghis Khan's clone. I don't know why they like. I maybe to simplify the the backstory. I'm not sure like what the point of, but he was um, in the cartoon. He was a combination of Napoleon, Caesar, Hannibal. Uh, and Attila the Hun, and then somehow in the comics that all became replaced by Genghis Khan. So You're such a geek, <laughs> you are. And this was my shit, dude. I know, this, I know, I get it. This was your shit. This and, is my shit. And not only, dude, dude. I mean, I raced home from school, begged my parents to let me not do my homework until it was over, so I could watch the episode. Aww. And 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 it was like, and then you'd go to Toys R Us, and like every now and then you'd walk in, and they'd actually have the new action figures, and you'd be like, what? Yep. What? And you could theoretically buy them all, unlike today. 
I mean, 100%. You, you yeah. need to mortgage your house to get them. For sure. Yeah. But not only do you get the, the lay of the land as far as G.I. Joe is concerned, but I didn't know the hierarchy of Cobra, where Cobra Commander's at the top, followed by Dr. Mindbender. Like, that was bizarre to me. I always thought yeah. he was like a two-bit... Well, again, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, this is where having decades of story none of us really read, and I'm not sure, like, anybody read it, like, comes into play, right? Because, like, in the 80s and in the cartoons and in the, mar- like, Dr. Mindbender was just one of the minions. He was one of the, he right. was, he was I, along I, the lines of, like, like made, he was below Baroness Destro. He was, like, part of, like. Well, in this, he's not. Hand. He's above Destro. In this. No, no, I'm saying that in the comics for a long time, he was, like, he was, you know, he was in, like, he was more in line with, like, the Major Blood, you know, like, the yeah. Firefly. Like, he was just another minion that did things for them he was like their interrogator right and then somehow and i don't even know when this happened because again i've i haven't read joe regularly in a long long time it's somehow like to your point he's risen to this like second in command i don't know when that happened i don't know when and why that happened i have no idea but you get destro and his lady friend the bear who are now the enemy of cobra they're their own right and 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 and, and then of course serpentor khan but again i think one thing you glossed over was Mm. that the uh Metatextual um, effects of the bomb—they're turned into zombies. They're flesh-eating zombies, right? And that's—I mean—that's poignant. It, it because where is this? Under what imprint is this book being published? Skybound, like that's Kirkman's mm-hmm. baby to create an army of zombies. Oh, that's in, a good point. In a GI Joe book, like I hadn't made that connection. Yeah, I mean, it, and it was very. You you see a a, a widescreen panel of these disgusting, just ripped apart, pustulant. If that, yeah, that's a word. Uh, they have like sores all over them, and they're they're just rah, and and Serpentor says, "I feel like tearing into human flesh." Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's really, true. I hadn't made, really cool. made the Kirkman connection, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, it, it, the, and we the rev- got the little hot moo uh, headshot yeah. files in the back, which of course made me sprung. I mean, that's 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 my stuff, right? So, and they credited Pat Olaf too. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. No, I think it was pretty perfect um, as far as first issue goes for a neophyte like myself, general neophyte. Um, I'm yeah, the, the, but the revelation was Mooneyham. I can't stress oh, that enough. Oh, for sure, yeah. 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 Just the the one panel where Serpentor is hunched over, like, that is a gorgeous, absolutely breathtaking panel. I think that'll be a big, I mean, that's going to be the big, big, big challenge for Transformers and, and G.I. Joe, right, is that, yeah, you got these powerhouses giving you these visuals now, but what happens? That's always months? the problem, right? Well, right, right, in 12 months. I mean, and especially, I don't know what, I pay no attention to sales anymore, but if the sales aren't there or not at the level they'd hoped, like, do they ratchet back and get lesser? And I, I, I hate to say the word lesser, but artists that aren't going to be as, as no brainer appealing. And, and, right. and then what happens? Is it like a, is it, is a, uh, what's the, I don't know what the opposite of a virtuous cycle is, but like, is it one of those, like, you know, where, where all of a sudden the book just gets, like, how long do they have before it gets relegated into being what it was that IDW and devils do where like, you just have a collection of diehard, nostalgic '80s GI Joe fans who read it, and no one else pays any attention to it. And right. and I, it, that could be three months from now. It could be. I hope it's a year or two from now. Like I hope. I hope. Like these days, like I was with the with the with the Domino series we got from Baldion. Like if we can get if we can get eighteen to twenty four months of this being this quality with this kind of art and 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 a really compelling story, I'll consider it a win. 
you know, I'll consider well, it, that it a just, major win. It hinges on Kirkman's level of involvement and and Kirkman's uh, willingness to dump resources into it. Like, if he throws money at this line, you'll get top-tier talent. It's well, just, the best thing we have going for us in that regard is that Kirkman's got more money than God now. Like, he's insanely wealthy, right? Like, he's not Taylor Swift wealthy, but he's, you know, he's he's probably as wealthy as any comics creator, you know, right up there, if not the top, right? He's he's worth tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And number two, he's a kid of the eight. He's a nostalgia nerd. He loves nostalgia. He loves G.I. Joe. He loves Transformers. You know, uh, he loves early 90s, early image. Like, he, he's just a, he's a fiend for that stuff and, and has the money and resource to, so he didn't just, like, acquire this for business purposes. He acquired it because he, he wants it to be great after feeling it hasn't been great for a long time. So Yeah, it's a good thing. But, yeah. But I, I think, I, I mean, looking back at the progression of events, the stealth launch of, of Void Rivals was amazing. I thought it was very smart. Uh, had people scrambling for a book that they probably, well, let's be honest, that they wouldn't have bought otherwise. Totally. Yeah. And then to uh, to that that last page or, or whenever Jetfire popped up, that was a bombshell. And you could actually feel the excitement. Uh, like, whoa, it's Jetfire. And then, okay, this ties into Transformers. Uh, not only that, it ties into G.I. Joe as well. Like, that's crazy. If if And I'm not one that needs, you know, uh, a shove to buy a Transformer book. But I am, or I have been, for a G.I. Joe title. But now I'm down for everything. Like, I guess that is going to be a commonplace thing. Because at the local shop, this issue sold out. Nice. He's got to order oh, awesome. Hey, It was a very, very nice. hot seller today. So Comics on the green. It's awesome. Misordering. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure that, that was, the, the print room was designed to sell out. So now right. they'll have to bounce back with uh, you know second and third printings. Just to, I mean, Kirkman's a, a semi-vain individual. Well, I don't even know him. But from what I heard, he's a semi-vain individual. I don't think he's going to let this line flounder if he, if he can help it. He's going to probably pop money into it and and coerce like you know the boys and the and the ladies over the the, the that upper echelon of of indie creator uh, as far as image comics goes like I don't think he's going to get Noah Van Skyver on Transformers or or you know what I mean <laughs> but I I think he's going to get the darlings like well I can only hope like the James Herons and the the Sean Gordon Murphy that that level of of uh, involvement. Um, I, th- I think this is going to work. I hope as, so. We, I'm not as pessimistic as yourself. I'm hoping for a good, no. I, I you know, hope two I'm, years. I don't want to call it pessimistic. I'm just saying I'm being. I think I'm being realistic. Which is I just, think you are too. But I'm just trying to. I don't know. I mean, I, we've had 40 years of GI Joe comics. I don't know that there has been a period of sustained relevance. And I say relevance meaning where people that aren't like just 100 percent buying the book for always and forever, no matter how good it is. <gasps> Uh, I don't Holy know that we've had what she just killed a mouse. There you go. Oh, your cat. Oh, Holy nice. shit! Nice to keep earn it or keep. Oh, don't um, do it in front of me. Um, but I think that that that, that I was thinking about like I think the last time a, this book was legitimately hot, like the actual this this GI Joe proper was like I was Devil's Due. Like that was yeah. Like, there was like there was the the Cobra Civil War. That was hot. Like that was a book I remember because I was still going to a shop then, a physical shop, like where the, like that was like people were talking about it, like oh snappy, like you know that was, but that was what tw- twenty years ago. I mean, 
I haven't gone to a shop in 20, like I haven't been going to regular at a shop in 20 years. So it's got to be close to that. I think Mike Norton was the art director at Devil's Do at the time. So yeah. that, if that dates it, you know, but we followed the conversation Dap, What did you think of it? <laughs> um, they definitely should have overprinted. There's enough covers out there for it. Oh, uh, dude, so many covers, right? It's insane. Um, I think the first two pages are great because, yes, it does let you it, – it lets you know what we're about. It, lets you, it reintroduces you to things you may not have remembered. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. My – any any issues, any complaints I would have the rest of, of the issue um, weren't answered – until the profile picks at the end, because I right, yeah. just, you know, even, even if you just maybe flash somebody's name when they appear or, or even does used, used the front cover, like, like they did with the reprint. So, so Larry could, you know, air his grievances at least, I mean, you don't have to recap obviously 300 issues, but maybe the last arc or the last couple. So people know that, I mean, it's great. We're going right into the action and that's cool. And I liked that, but obviously we're going into the action based on earlier action that, that started before issue 300. So mm-hmm. I, I would have, I, it, it's, it's easy enough to follow along with the action and the dialogue and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. I just wasn't clear as, I mean, I, I knew a lot of the code names, um, I was I was happy with myself at the fact that you know I remembered characters like you know well Bill and Covergirl and and, and just names I hadn't heard in 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 years, um, but there were some deeper cuts for sure. Absolutely, like yeah. I, like the Collins. I'm like, what the like? Why is there like two and a half? There's 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 two Snake Eyes and and and, and a chick. I'm like, I just I so yeah, there's she's, things she's that actually snake, yeah she was Snake Eyes for a long time yeah right I mean which is great so you get those little recaps with with the, thanks to Olaf and company but. Um, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, I just thought, I mean, Larry's pacing and, of course, Mooney Hems art is stellar. But I just thought that, yeah, everything I as as an issue, uh, as 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 a single issue of of a new sort of a new uh, series, um, I I have no problems with it. Just 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 feeling like a good old fashioned enjoying myself comic book that that this this delivered that um it's just I, and and thank god larry Hamm is no chris claremont so we didn't need to know the detail of every single person on the page i just would have liked the heads up so i'm not figuring out who somebody is because five people are in a panel and hawk is yelling someone's name and i have to figure out which one of the other characters he might be talking to so it's just little things like that but again it's the 301st issue if if you haven't been reading them before this you, you, the buyer beware it's just one of those mm-hmm. things where you're yeah. not you're not going to it, you're not going to be spoon-fed and all the more reason that maybe hopefully skybound will collect the previous series or maybe you know IDW still has collections that you might be able to pick up, but uh, it, aside from that, and, and and I'm sure you know you've got the the GI Joe fandom pages and plenty of places where you can get up to speed quickly if if you want to cheat. But no, this was um, this was the, it was a really really good issue aside from from any of my my minor nits, um, just from someone coming out from the cold or out of the blue. But it, it's um, it, it's a really, really good issue, 
and I will be checking out 302 for sure. Nice. I, I got to say, I'm totally with you. And this isn't just a criticism of this particular G.I. Joe issue. It's just a criticism of modern comics. I just don't know why we're against putting little tiny balloons with, with characters' names on it. The first Especially when you have dozens of characters. Yeah, like you don't have to – I don't need you to insert a bio for each in the Right. Right. But just – have a little word to say this is wild bill have a little word to say this is duke like or you know like yeah like sure like maybe maybe it doesn't help everybody but like i mean i for me it's like okay at least i can start associating a name with the character I, I don't know like and again this is something i wish all modern comics did like just just the first time you see someone in an issue especially if it's a launch of an issue an arc or something let me know their name let me yeah. so I can start identifying who they are when they're being referred to or what they you know I don't know that's it's it seems to be just a, a storytelling I don't know if it's editorial or just it, it just universally seems to be something comic companies don't do now they just don't they don't yeah. believe in it maybe they feel like it sullies the image the, the, the illustrations I don't know I got a kind of a way back feel from it because um, when we first but wouldn't started, you have more of a way back if you had the names though like no here's the more. deal uh, oh. when because it's issue 301 it really felt like I was 30 years removed and bought it out of a comic shop and right. yeah, yeah. now I don't know who most of these characters are I got to do a little bit of research and the only way I mean, to do research it, I, you see I, I guess where I'm going to disagree with you there is I think if we bought an issue like if I bought X factor number 17 off the shelves, Back in the day, they would tell me each of the characters' names, and they'd probably have a little blurb about what okay, their powers. Were. Jim, we get it, but <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm saying like I didn't buy Cerebus with the first issue, and, and I bought it and, issue and, like fifty two or fifty three, and I was totally confused. Sure. So, so what do you do? You go back issue diving, or you read it for a year, and maybe you'll pick up on it, maybe not. But I mean, that was the plight. Of the comic book fan back then, and this issue felt similar to that. I was just, and that is that that because how many when we first started reading comics or buying them for ourselves, how many of them were actually first issues? We we, we were all whether it was an Iron Man issue, Fantastic Four, X, we, we were all in the hundreds or two hundreds by that point. So so you just picked up whatever was there, and and I know you weren't here for for some of what I was saying, Vince, but I. I, I definitely get what you're saying, but when when uh, if again if if it was one of those things where I I was reading the past couple of issues, some of the characters wouldn't be as confusing. I would just like to have known just names. I don't I, I don't need a recap of of the past two hundred issues. I would just like to know. Who's on these pages? Aside yeah, from the main happy. players at the beginning, if you give me the name, right? Like if you tell me, like, all right, this is this is Stalker, right? Like to your point, Vince, back in the day, like I would just then start trying to figure out, like I'd be like, oh, where else has Stalker been? Where can I read about Stalker? You know, right. like I, I would like if if you just gave me the name in this book, I feel like they didn't really give you. They mentioned the names like in some of the dialogue boxes collectively, but you don't really. I mean, you go through the whole issue without really knowing who a lot of these characters are. Yeah, I, I was a little bit confused with Laura, the, mm -hmm. the woman with the yep. patch. Like, I don't know who that is. Right. But but Google's your friend, right? G.I. Joe, plus, Space, plus Laura, not only, who is not, it? Not only, I mean, is, is she, you know, yeah, she's she's a redhead with a patch, but she's also wearing, like, you know, Cobra garb. And I'm like, but she's hanging yeah. out on on the 
hovercraft with the rest of the Joes. So I'm like, yeah, where is the... obviously an undercover agent? Well, okay. Well, it's interesting because because Cobra Commander calls them traitorous CGs, and that's right. obviously a term for, for which I love that for the Crimson Guard. I remembered yeah. that. That was awesome. Yeah. I was like CGs. I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's no, I, it's a, um, it's, it's a great, and I'm sure, and credit to Mooneyham because there was we 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 had a fallen comrade in this issue, and and that last panel does feel heavy. It 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 does make you aware of of the consequences to these actions, but I am sure had I been reading it since issue 150 this would have probably hit harder still i mean it's it it, it was still a big deal it, i it, but i mean i have no connection to this character but i do know because of his connection to other characters here that this is that this is something that's not um they're not shrugging this off yeah i thought that panel was brave because yeah. my man's not afraid of negative space For where sure. every panel prior to that last one more or less, was just littered with detail and characters and vehicles and incidents and all of this 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 stuff going on. It, he did it a little bit in in with the the plane sequence, but mm-hmm. the the last panel is so spare that all you need to see is is right there in the center of the panel. Mm-hmm. And he lets a lot of the uh, quote unquote white space, but it's I mean it's not white; it's negative space. And it's, I thought it was a really gutsy move. Where it was, you yeah, know, uh, what more do you need to know? It's the death of a of a character. So yeah. let's focus on that at the expense of little noodling. Like he could have drawn, you know, cracks or rocks in the pavement or just you know, but he didn't. You don't need that. He, the 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 purpose of the panel, form and function, was dead center right there. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really really nice panel. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I thought. I mean, this... I'll put it to you this way: I wasn't on. If I wasn't on high artist, if I didn't have two kids in college right now, I would legit have texted Felix because I think he. I think I checked Mooneyham is still is this guy. I would have texted Felix and be like, "How much would this whole issue be?" Because you know that's oh, good. Come it's on, like, no, I really would. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I'm not gonna because I, 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 my well, reality. You just said if not. For the yeah, high artist. Well, so you I, would dump like twenty five, thirty thousand on an issue of, of Joe? Well, first of all, I don't think that's what it would cost. Cause I don't either. Yeah, I don't. Well, there's uh, 22 pages, even right, if he charges a thousand. But it's also, it's not, it's, it's, and listen, I mean, I get no disrespect because we love the dude's art, but, but it's also Mooneyham compared to like, say, a Heron. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'll, I'm going to ask you, like, I, but I would, I would, it, my, my guess, and this is just a guess, but I, my guess is this would probably be. Somewhere in the range of like twelve to fourteen thousand for the whole issue. Well, I don't think that's going to last. I think once, oh, for sure. No. Once people oh, get their eyes you. on this, and, and listen, yeah. Felix is you know we've seen him. He's Felix is an alchemist, so maybe I'm wrong, and this would be like a fifty thousand. That I don't know. My point is, is I would have inquired about it because it would. I don't. I've never bought a, a whole issue. I came very close to buying a whole issue of Deadly Class. Didn't happen. Sylvie, but I, I, I. You know, it would certainly be something I'd love to do at some point, and and this would be one that I would have been happy to have done if 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 circumstances were different. Wow, I it, it is a really beautiful issue. I yeah, would love for you to have this. Yeah, but I mean, why not just try for a page? Well, I mean, again, like 
the way it works with Felix's stuff is is he often sell if if someone comes in and wants to buy the issue he sells them the issue of course but you know and that's looking at what happened with Robert Atkins where he was selling entire issues of original right that's so I'm guessing that those people are still out there. Yeah. But yes, Atkins was often selling issues before they were drawn to yeah. G.I. Joe. <laughs> so, um, it's like, I want that baby. I don't care what it is. Yeah. So, because so, I would always say to him, back when we were more in touch with him, I would always say, hey, man, you know, if, if there's any, if there's ever an issue you're drawing that has, that has Firefly or Beachhead, hit me up because I, I would really be interested in buying the pages. And he would always say very politely, like, oh, I hear you, but like, Every issue I draw gets sold before I even draw it, and I'm like, oh, cool, good for. I mean, good for you, like obviously, but, um, so yeah, I could be wrong. Like maybe you know, obviously the tr- look at what Transformers One sold for. Um, and to your point, I mean, I, I suspect regardless of what happens with this issue, uh, at some point one of Moonham's GI Joe issues will be sold pay- for like page by page, and I will absolutely be hopefully in the on for that. I mean, hope you listen, it. if there's a Mooneyham Beachhead page, I'm or Firefly page, like I'm, like I, I'll, I'll move heaven and earth. I'll, I'll pay a software developer to develop a bot for me to make sure I get, I win the, I win the bid. Yeah. I, Why I, don't I, you just yeah. commission them? What commission them? Oh well, that, that, that's different though, that's right? Like, no, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I love, I mean, I'm not saying, but that's that's a little different than than having a published page, right? Is it though? Mm. I mean, financially, <laughs> it is. I, 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 I never got the. The the whole I own this page that's been printed in this book vibe like arts art. You, you know, me. I've never bought a piece of art worried about what it's worth in a resale. Right. I mean, that'll be something Beth and the kids deal with when I'm dead. But 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 as an, as a financial as a person who's in finance, like I understand that every time I commission an artist to draw a commission, it's not going to be worth what I paid for it ever, and and that a page you buy is almost always going to be worth more than you paid for it over time. Like right. that's, you know, so. Well, I want to keep the image Orama train a going. Let's do it. Yeah. And here's a little update. Um, she's not malicious because she didn't kill it. She let it get away. Aww. Well, that's terrible. Um, she's that's a, a defective cat. It's Hey, now she's a sweetheart. She just played with it a little bit. She, she didn't, she, she didn't even extend her claws. She was just batting it around. Oh, that's, Wow, that's. I'd send it back to the. To Do not the criticize my girl, but anyway. Seriously, uh, I return. Actually, wait, no. Before you go, Vince, uh, to to answer Jason's query earlier, um, Herb penciled six of the first eight issues. Okay, of yeah. Joe um, continued sporadically uh, until quite late in its run. Actually, co-wrote. The story that introduced October Guard, okay, um, and then was basically kind of like relegated to to kind of the side projects like special missions and order yeah. of battle things yeah. like that. But he was he dabbled here and there, but he was there at the start, and then because I, I, for me, um, the one the one artist I tend to associate Joe with because he was on for so long while I was still reading it when it was at Marvel uh, is is Rod Wiggum. That was just he was he was and he was and, <laughs> yeah, and, and he was a solid artist. I mean, What's he up? What What's up? Yeah, exactly. It was. I mean, it wasn't. It was. It was in the whole you know Paul Ryan and 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 Bob Hall kind of mold. Was just like it. it I, I I like the art. I can tell what's going on, but it's not. Uh, he it it's not 
It's not Sur- burned. It's, it's not far. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Go ahead, Vince. I'm sorry. I burned it some GI Joe. Uh, I'll be at covers. He did some covers. He did yeah. the covers with the, the yeah. He did, right. Yeah. Say, yeah. He did covers. Okay. Keeping that image train running. This came out last week. Written by Rob Williams. Art and color and design by Pi Parr. So pretty. Uh, I got cover D, which was drawn by Lawrence Campbell. Oh, he's nuts. Yeah, it's called Petrol Head, number one. Jason, you read this. Dap, did you read this? If you look at my list. Uh, well, I didn't, but I, was, I, I, I don't want to tab over. Um, so the, 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 the setup on this issue is really cool, and I think mm-hmm. um, the the creators may have injected for me anyway a little bit more than was necessary because um it opens and humanity has been reduced to the population of of six dome cities and um one of which i'm assuming all of which are called the ozone right why has humanity sequestered themselves away in these dome cities because the earth has been rendered inhospitable it's nasty it's barren it's burned there's not a stitch of green and um one would um imagine that life in this uh kind of uh environment would not be particularly uplifting for the population so in order to keep the minds of the population off the fact that their lives are slightly south of horrible the the establishment in the form of a robot administrator called the o and this thing is creepy as hell uh what the o does is he feeds the public bread and circuses right let's take their mind off this by doing a a a citywide road race called the petrol head 5000 Okay, it will, it, it's a high-velocity street race driven by robots because flesh bags are fragile, especially <laughs> at high speeds. Hence the need for more resilient drivers. And um, the O doesn't play fair, though. It monitors public opinion. As the race is going on, public opinion is, is closely tracked, and if the public is is more um, endeared with a certain driver, well, the O will sway the race in the direction of that favorite. So, you know, dirty carpool, right? Not much for the rules, the O. But neither's Petrolhead. Uh, Petrolhead is a blanket term to describe the robots that were designed for the races, but it's also the name of the hulking main character of this thing. Petrol Head is is more than a bit of an enigma to me. He's giant, massive robot, but he's kind of terse. Doesn't say too much, you know, but the thing that got me was he'll cheat in a race to gain advantage. But he quits racing entirely after the O destroys a racer. There's this aged robot that was considered an underdog. Didn't really win any any race. Yeah, many races. So um, 
events happen and the favorite is knocked out of the race as well as Petrolhead. And this this old robot is heading towards the finish line. And the O blows him up, destroys him. And Petrolhead's just like, yeah, I'm done. This is it. He just walks away from the races. And apparently the establishment did too because the races eventually disappeared along with the petrol heads well most of them anyway and then the the, there's a time jump and it 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 leaps into the present day where petrol head and his robot bird sidekick dave they're merely existing right they're 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 residing in an area of the city called the smog zone and petrol head is engaged in an illegal activity that would surely earn him oblivion if the O found out. He's building a race car. And it is a magnificent friggin' vehicle. There's a, a double-page spread. It is actually the image, uh, a featured image for this episode, where this car just is screaming out of a location. It is absolutely gorgeous. The line work in this thing is just impeccable. But here's the part where I didn't need it. Like, if you had two um, ostracized, cast-off robots that were once important, had a role, had a, had a, a, a job to do, they, 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 they fulfilled a function, they were racers, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, they're, they're down in their luck, they're just, they're just existing. They don't, they're not needed anymore, they're cast-off. Yep. That's enough for me. That that would have driven, pun intended, the book for me. But humans are thrown into the mix because humans, you know, they're the top of the the, uh, the hierarchy. And in this case, the humans in question is is a scientist named Linton and his young daughter Lupa. Linton was working on nanobots, right? That would scrub the filth. Shades of Reed Richards, right? scrub the filth from the city and possibly the entire planet. But for some unknown reason, shit goes south and Linton and his daughter flee for their lives. Where do you think they wind up? Right? They they wind up in Petrohead's garage. And he doesn't really care at first. You know, the security bots are there and he's just like thinking, oh, damn. You know, if they find this car that I'm working on, I'm going to be, you know disconnected i'm going to be shut down oblivion and so to try and divert attention away from the car they he you know they're talking up these security bots and dave is trying to divert them away but now there's two humans in his in his garage so he thinks oh i'll give up these two meat bags and they won't pay attention to the car but one of the sentry bots smacks lupa like, she's about 12, 13 years old, you think? Around there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he smacks her. So you get this 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 bulky, you know, robot that's designed to enforce the law. And they have, like, glorified cattle prods. And, and he smacks this girl. And Petrolhead's like, oh, uh, that's not cool. That, and carnage ensues. And, you know, resulting in Petrolhead and Dave and Linton and Lupa. They all jump in his... His petrol head roadster. It is a massive creation. It's beautiful. And they just, vroom, they, they get the hell out of Dodge. So that's the end of the first issue. But I, 
I'm still a little torn, right? I mean, yeah, I guess it's a concern where you got a guy that's trying to do good, and obviously the O was fucking with him in some capacity, or he found out that the O wasn't really... I'm guessing that the O just wants to maintain the status quo. Doesn't give a damn, because yeah. the, the O's a robot. Doesn't mm. give a damn that the planet's in shambles and can't really support life other than in these cities. That's not a concern for the O. The O just wants to be the top dog and maintain that position. So if someone comes up with something that could flip the script and, and make the planet lush and green and, and capable of sustaining human life again, then, well, that's a problem, right? So I, I'm kind of guessing that's that what, what was the trigger for, you know, Linton and his daughter getting the hell out of there. But I, I, I didn't really need that. Like, I, the robots are compelling enough for me. But it's it's rich in, in, in story, I guess. And, and, you know, you could... Now they are a, a unit. Uh, Petrolhead, Dave, and, and dad and daughter. So how long this is going to be the, the focus remains to be seen. But I thought this issue was wonderful. Like, I don't know who this Pie Par character is <laughs> who did all of the visuals, but wow, it was a smack to the jaw. I thought it was just absolutely gorgeously rendered, compelling. It, it It's a vibrant, immersive environment. Did you guys feel the same way? I did, yeah. I think so. I think that's. I think the visuals for me really were the pull here, kind of similar to what we were saying about you, Joe. Like I, I, uh, and this was a book that I, uh, you know, as we've mentioned in the past, like full disclosure, we we are very fortunate to get review copies of of, of many books from different publishers, and Image is one of the publishers. And um, I, I I can't say that Petrol Hud was on my radar. I don't. I didn't pre-order it. I it wasn't. Like as I looked through previews, it wasn't or the image previews. It wasn't something I remember being cognizant of or being like, "Oh, this is something I need to check out." Um, and then, um, you know, and then once it actually was coming out, and I think you you first mentioned it, I thought, "Okay, let me check it out because we have access to it." And I'm really glad that you turned me on to it because yeah, it just it, it escaped my purview. But but uh, I, yeah, I think the visuals are uh, uh, really really toe the line for me on this. Um, I, I don't think it. I, I don't think it's like story wise it breaks tremendous ground no, but no but you know it, it this is uh like we certainly have our fair share of uh like like post-apocalyptic or futuristic robot stories these days right but but uh but it was well done i liked it and i thought the visuals were, were really like captivating so yeah, I'm yeah. With you. i think williams fed par a, a a really good um springboard from which to do whatever they do and that's that's good enough for me because, I'm, like I said, um, really neat robot design. Yeah, David said it does look like, you know, the the, the Hulkbuster robot a little bit, but um, that's just because of the the shape of the head. I think it's it's a it's a squ- sort of squashed semicircle, but that's flat on the bottom. So it, it it's reminiscent of of the the Hulkbuster armor, but fleetingly. But I thought, yow, this thing, I want a robot bird sidekick. I want this little robot to perch on my shoulder and just electrify, not my cat, but, but a cat, and just wisecrack. That's fun. I don't know if this is a limited series or an extended thing, but uh, 
I, I hope it goes on for a while because I, I thought this um, visually more than narratively, I thought the, the, the visuals were just um, an absolute slam dunk. What do you think, Mr. Gin and Juice? I, it is, it's, um, it might be the... They're, f- they're, they're fucking dragging chairs around upstairs, whatever. Sounds like somebody shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I, I think it's, it's the most, the, the colors, the, it's probably based on what I've, I've read for this week. I think it's the prettiest comic I've read this week. I, I absolutely love the line work. I think that the the because you would think okay, it's just some dude who's going to draw some robots and and you know going on on Pi's Insta. I mean he's been he's been working on this project for a while, and uh, I you would think a book about some robots and maybe some vehicles like okay, so the guy is real good at drawing the mechanical, and but I mean the humans in this book. Look fantastic! I they I, it, when 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 one of them does the backhand to Lupa and 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 she's in the foreground and I just I love every line that 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 Par is putting down here. The the, the, the colors are just I I can't stop looking at at all the oranges and the reds and I mean the the, the going from the cool to hot to warm. It's just yeah, that's the key. That's the it's key. a beautiful. I mean, because because yeah. when they're racing, it's all orange and it's all hot and fast. And then we cut to the O, and that's it's all just cold and blue and steel. And I, I, it's, it's an amazing piece of work. I, it, I would definitely tell anybody. Listen, if you haven't checked out GI Joe in a minute, then then definitely pick up three hundred one. But by all means, if you have to just get one book this week. I'm going to say it's Petrolite. There you I, go. This was There's, a fantastic issue. The Masterstroke panel was, uh, it's an overhead shot of Petrohead by that um, monument. It's on page yep. on page two. And the the sun is shining on him on the right-hand side. And the, the, the sidewalk is like a slate gray. And everything that's in shadow is a really cool, uh, you know, slate gray or blue. And it's like, that's just really smart. Like I hammer home with my students the power of of warm and cool colors, especially mm-hmm. juxtaposed, like butted up against each other. Like mm-hmm. that's actually cheating <laughs> because it's so damn effective, right? This this is just visually, it's astounding. It's it's very very well done. The the O looks like he crawled out of the Matrix. Like I thought the O was chasing Keanu in the damn Matrix movies because it, it looks like the, <laughs> he's, got the yeah. he's got that that servo bot type feel with the you know the tentacled thing that that were flying through the the Matrix and uh, yeah maybe the, the design was uh, intended to to be reminiscent of that. I don't know, but yikes! Uh, the the if, if we're counting the first page as one panel. In six panels is when Dave speaks for the first time, and if that if if that doesn't basically kind of sum up what his attitude is or the type of of, of character, he's like, "Oi, oi, watch yourself! Fuzz is coming." It's like nothing. There's nothing like robotic or 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 um, proper or or like the way you would expect an android or something like that to, to, to announce the presence of something or, or make you aware of, of what your surroundings are like. He's just, he, he's just, he's gruff and he's just has no filter. 
and and I I I absolutely love Dave. Dave is hands down one of the best things about this book. Um, I just I love the design. I'm not a I'm not a huge car guy. Like even growing up, I wasn't I wasn't so I didn't, I didn't care what was going on under the hood. I just needed you know put the gas in the car. It goes where you need to go. That's it. I but these these hot rods and these racers and these coupes. I mean they all look fantastic and and the design of the robots are just. Yeah, I, I, oh man, I'm not a car guy, but I am a custom culture car guy. Okay, like yeah, you true. know, you you give me a a Saturn, big deal. But right. somebody that invested a lot of time, energy, and money in souping up, you know, a car with the pinstriping and the the, the hood uh, scoop and all that shit. Like I mm-hmm. love that that whole culture and uh, Big Daddy Roth, right? Uh, I think this plays into that slightly uh it, it it's not as uh exaggerated as the, the the you know some people tend to get with with this type of thing the cars are very very realistic they're just souped up and they're they're super colorful and and uh you can tell that parts were taken from other models and and frankenstein into especially petrol uh, heads car it, it it looks like that car has been uh, sourced from a, a number of vehicles. Like it's just cool, super cool. Uh, that's that's the it's it's cool, Daddy O. Like get this book. <laughs> it's really good. And it was it, totally out of the blue. Like that was the thing when the image previews came in. I was like, okay, what's this Petrohead shit? Um, I, I, I double clicked on it. I saw three pages. I'm like, I'm in. Buying it, yeah, yeah. It was, just, even before we got the because this was one of the, I think, I think this was one of the last first issues um, when Image was still proper in previews. So I remember seeing seeing a couple pages in the catalog, and I got I'm, I made a note that I'm going to keep an eye out for it because um, either either I'm going to end up getting the collection when this is done, um, but I'm definitely going to wait to see how just a couple of pages in the previous catalog is one thing, but I want to, I, I was going to wait for us to get the PDFs from image so I could read the issue and, and see exactly. Um, I really, but basically I, I, I shouldn't have second guessed. I, I should have just said, fuck it. I'm, I'm ordering it from here on out. Just, just based on, on these couple of pages, but no, this was, um, I, it's just fantastic. I will say that the style on display in the sketchbook page like the character design page, yeah, looks like Anki Bilal to me, and I like that rougher, grittier style more than the art employed. Colorful in, and polished, in, yeah, yeah. I, I I think those the the various um, incarnations of Petro had along that that creative chain to get to that final version. Those things look amazing. Like that's just phenomenal, and and I, I say Bilal because it's a lot of grays uh, juxtaposed with with really high chroma warm colors, and it's just great. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing stuff. But I didn't know he was on Insta, so I'm gonna follow. Is is oh, okay. it a he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm I'm following. Um, actually, you could probably just if if you uh, point your QR code to the uh, to what'll be the letters. Oh, page. look at that. Yeah. You'll get all the uh, oh. you'll get you get all the particulars down at the bottom, but yeah, um, huh? the uh, 
I even like um yeah, it's just it yeah, it's just uh P Y E P A R on Insta. I, I even like the um just just like the little aesthetic things like like the logo on on the cover, you got the, the name of the book, and then you got like issue one resting inside the L and then the creators right under it just it all just fits. It fits in that nice little rectangle. It it's um and it's it, it doesn't really cover much of the image underneath. Um even looking at the uh, the covers for the second issue, it's it's the same thing. I I just it's just for some reason it's just it's it's ticking all the boxes for me. It's just it, it hitting all the right notes. I don't know what it is about this, but it 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 just it, it's treating me right. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing when a title comes out of the blue and just spins your head around like this. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that this this is one of the instances that keep me that propel me towards the future you know like uh, because it, it'll happen again and it's it's kind of like going on you know uh with the flea markets and the yard sales like a treasure hunt you don't always find gold mm-hmm. and then when you're not looking for it something like petrolhead will will pop up and it just makes the whole experience just just worthwhile and that's what uh that's what this book did medium to large facts yeah but not the most amazing illustrated book I read this week. Uh, no, we'll I get agree. to it. We'll get to it. Uh, I mean, I, well, I would say uh, for me, Mooney Hymns. I mean, the, the oh yeah, it. yeah, for you, you're better. Right? There you go. Mm-hmm. What else do we have, freaks? Mm. Well, I mean, let's let's keep let's make the image orama a proper image orama. Um. Well, if you take GI Joe. That's two books, and Petrohead was three. Oh, so it well, already okay. is, let's, but let's I know where you I right? know where you're going with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, first, did you guys read it? I didn't, but it doesn't matter because I didn't read past the first oh. issue, so I'm good. Oh, I have them, but I told you I need to, to catch up on some of the. Oh. I need to read Nemesis, the second one. I need to read okay. a, a lot of things. You don't really need to, but okay. Um, what about you, Dad? Did you read it? I did read it. Ah, nice. Okay. Uh, the big game number five of five came out this week. Uh, the 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 final issue of the crossover to end all crossovers. The the integration of all of Mark Miller's various and sundry Millerverse characters into a big brouhaha of good versus evil. Um, we talked about the first issue. We all read the first issue when it came out. I decided to then wait until the series was done to read everything else, and so. Today I reread issue number one and then read two, three, four, and five for the first time. Um, so that's how I handled it. Did you read them as they were coming out, Dap, or did you read it all? Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. I'm um, not sure if that changes the the tenor or cadence of how you perceived it, but um, I would say in a lot of ways it is like it is the it is Miller doing Miller, right? Like it is like this series is very very thin. But still, at least for me, wildly entertaining. Like, the, like it's it's Miller is just capable of keeping it simple. He does these. He's had ten to fifteen years now of doing this, maybe fifteen of just putting out miniseries, relatively simple premise, lots of action, well executed, maybe like a pretty straightforward plot with one 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 surprise, one hook get in, get out. And that's what this is too. Like there's not a lot here. There's one big twist 
and I don't know that it's a twist that is all that shocking once you see it in 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 evidence. But but it's it's satis- it for me it was satisfying. And having read the majority of his work before this, it was fun to see everybody interact, even if sometimes it was probably a little conveniently forced, like a little MacGuffinish. But 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 I I thought it was fun. Um, you know the the to me kind of a theme tonight, unintentional theme is that the, the this book is so much about Pepe Larraz and Larraz finally stepping out from under the wing of Marvel to do a creator own book. And, um, I thought that like with many Miller books that are usually like four or five issues, I thought like four issues in, I'm thinking, well, how the hell is this going to wrap up? Like, 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 how are we getting the resolution? And then in the final issue, we get the resolution. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. Like it's, it wraps up pretty abruptly and pretty swiftly in grand fashion, but, but the visuals are crazy good. And, and, and I think that, um, the ultimate heroes of this book were not who I would have guessed would be the heroes. But with that said, like the heroes make a ton of sense because, one could argue they were the patient zeros of, of, of the Millerverse and certainly his most commercial successful properties, right. In, 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 uh, you know, in, in like, in, 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 and I don't know if, like, I don't know if he factored that in. I, I assume he did, but like, if you were to, if the most well-known Miller characters outside of the comic fandom, like into the broader pop culture end up being the, the heroes of this book. And I guess that's pretty fitting. You know, it felt in a lot of ways like a, like an end cap though. Right. Like we're like, it was almost like him putting an apostrophe on his career. And it makes me wonder, like, is he done with all this? Is he going in a new direction? I mean, I, like it, it definitely felt almost like he was saying, like putting his, putting the mic down in the middle of the ring. Um, but clearly he's not doing that. It just felt like it, um, which is probably what he was going for. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I really thought it was really well executed and fully satisfying. Like at the end I thought, yep. Okay, cool. Like, like you did your thing again. I mean, what did you think? I I thought um, I whatever as 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 much as I was loving every issue of this. Um, unfortunately, I was probably unfairly, um, and I, I I was thinking of ways that this was going to how this is going, how our heroes are going to save the day. Um, and, and to some degree that, that did actually, that played out and it, not in the grand fashion that we see, but, but parts of it did. Cause it mm-hmm. just, it made sense. He wasn't, it's not like he was telegraphing. It was just based on previous stories. Yeah. It's like, it, it, this is where I think this I mean, is listen, it, it's a textbook MacGuffin, right? I mean, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I probably just, um, it, it felt like, it as 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 grand and as exciting and as holy shit I can't believe that happened the first issues of this series were I don't think the last issue kind of for me it didn't it, it didn't really match up to that level it, it was still it was still cool I was still excited to see how how we get to what we need to do and 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 how things are going to kind of be uh the fixed so to speak um and a lot of it is clever. 
I I just I I don't know if maybe I just felt that uh, and and I was feeling this even when it was announced that I don't I don't know if if five issues was going to be enough yeah for this I mean we've we've lived through crisis and secret wars and and all of this and it's like and those were all like ten twelve issue series and and this is he's doing everything with all of his creations within five issues and granted the story does doesn't necessarily what what Wesley Gibson was doing and 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 the people that he was facing that we we didn't need another eight issues of that but as far as the action goes and and the amount of characters crammed into this um i i i think five issues just kind of didn't really give it a lot of breathing room and it still looks absolutely amazing I yeah mean, i mean every issue every issue it's like he just uh, pepe just topped himself i thought the first issue looked amazing and the second one comes out i'm like holy crap it's just he just kept getting better and i i i don't know where a lot of these characters are going after this i i'm i'm curious i absolutely am um he 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 did what he wanted to do i have no problem with that i um it, it, there were parts of it though i just felt like it it did end um rather abruptly and it also felt as though when we get to the the big deal at the end part of me was wondering if like if you, you, you kind of implied it like if it was if this was just his way of of making nice to this character or 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 or, or if he like if he actually had this long game or, or to some degree uh which i hate keep using that phrase but if, if, if he had if that was sort of if, if he had a seed planted from way back when um if this was eventually going to go this way or even when he came out with that the ambassadors if he if, if he had an idea for who uh who some of the other countries might represent but i i think it's still it, 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 it's still a fantastic achievement um massive kudos yeah to, to pepe for pulling it off and and of course to mark for for uh for pulling all the strings and and making sense of it all and it um i i do think i to, to vince's point yes if, if if you continue if you wrap up magic order um if uh if if uh i some of the others aren't necessarily as in integral like i mean you yeah, don't like you don't have need to, to read like empress you don't, or right, right or exactly that. i mean you know there 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 may be references and and yeah and you'll see them but but you don't necessarily have to have read all those series but um Magic but Order I, is important, I think. Yes, uh, yes Ambassador is. is super important. I think if you haven't read yes. Ambassadors, you're gonna this. This is not gonna. This is probably gonna be a little more mystifying to you. I, I would say you, you don't have to have read Wanted or Nemesis or Kickass per se, but like obviously having familiarity with those characters, particularly in in their their importance to the Millerverse in general, is important. I mean, they're they're the main characters in a lot of ways. So, um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've read the majority of, of Miller stuff. I don't think I've ever read a Hit Girl. I didn't read either Hit Same. Girl miniseries. So, nope. um, and, and again, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. She's she's pretty much the hero of the book. I mean, of this of the arc of the series. She's the hero of the series, pretty much. Um, so, um, you know, so so take take that what you will. But did you you know? It's funny you talk about the because I thought the same thing. To me, this felt very similar to the Ambassadors in that the Ambassadors, you know, were going along and we're thinking. Like much of the miniseries is meeting the team, right? And then the bad guys get the upper hand, and you're thinking, "Wow, how is this going to end?" And then, really, like the the last half of the final issue, they win. The heroes find the they find the way to win, and they and they get the upper hand. And that's kind of what this is like too. Like 
the whole time you're, you know, the villains are, they have the upper hand and, and they're, they're kicking ass and taking names. And, and then you get pretty much like two thirds of the final issue where the heroes rally back and, and win, you know, um, right. um, it, it's, it's, that's why I say it's like the most Miller thing ever. Like this is pretty, this is a pretty linear decision tree for me. I, I know sometimes our listeners take our, our reviews of these books to decide if they're going to buy them. I mean, this is a pretty simple equation. If, if you are a fan of Mark Miller comics and, and most recently, if you read the ambassadors or magic order and enjoyed them, you will absolutely, or night shift, uh, Night, is it night shift nightclub night nightclub sorry nightclub um you will absolutely enjoy this like it's the same formula if you find his storytelling frustrating or the pacing frustrating or his lack of going into depth and and pulling out the the plot nuances frustrating then don't read this because this is 100 percent fan service to people that have been aboard the ride for a long time so you know but yeah the visuals are just ridiculous i just uh I, I man, I, I I can't. I don't know how long it took him to draw this, but Jesus, he, he certainly. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a titan. He really is. Yeah, yeah. But before we move on, I just want to say Transformers number two. Hmm? It's like Bambi all over again. Right? What the yeah, fuck, man? That I mean, was that really, was cool. Like 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 two, two pages I, in, really, Dan? No, I get it. That that was really smart. I know. But but no, the, the, the smartest thing he did in this issue was. When Optimus, like right after that incident, was having duke in it? No, he was. He was. Was what? <laughs> no, that was that was cool. Yeah. No, I think the smartest thing, and it was like a nudge, nudge to to Transformers fans, was when uh, Cliff Jumper tells yeah. Optimus, "Hey, man, sorry about your your yellow friend." Cliff Jumper is just a red bumblebee. Yeah, like, yeah. And then he's just like, "Look at me, I'm Cliff Jumper," and he's scared as shit of the humans. Yep. Like that. Oh was yeah, don't touch so, me, man. I, I, <laughs> I'm so shaking your hands. Back the fuck up. Yeah, it was very good, very good. And the the Duke inclusion was wonderful. And to get back to the GI Joe, I think there's going to be a GI Joe ongoing. That's not. Yeah, I think it's going to be codenamed GI Joe. Yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. No, to be yeah. clear, there's going to be a few miniseries first, and then and then 2024 we're going to get a, G, a new GI Joe inside the Underground Universe. So there so, you go. Yeah, yeah. So you get the, bo- the best of both worlds. But I could mm-hmm. see the confusion. Going in, it's like, oh, okay, G.I. Joe, Energy Universe, odd, but no. I mean, that's the odd thing. I love that Kirkman is continuing to get, give Larry Hama a chance to tell a story and keeping him employed, right? Because I know that Hama posted a kind of a, a sad thing when IDW was wrapping up the books, him saying, like, he honestly didn't know if he was, like, done, done writing, you know, just done with G.I. Joe. So I love that, that he's giving him a check, but, but I do think it's, like, a little confusing, um, for some folks that maybe are new to the properties because of, of Skybound, right? Like it, it is a little confusing to launch GI Joe with the book that's not in the continuity of everything else that you're doing. That that's a little weird. I mean, I'm here for it because again, I'm nostalgic for it. But I I I, I think it's going to be maybe a little confusing for some because then next month you're going to get the Duke miniseries and it's not going to in any way connect to to this Mooneyham stuff. Like it's just not going to have anything to do with it. So I totally agree. Yes. Well, hopefully, all these preview pages at the back of the Skybound books will let people will will continue to clue them in that uh, the Hamas stuff is separate. Then, yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of Skybound, before we move on, uh, Last Man Volume Three came out today. There you go. So good. Nice. Yeah. I haven't finished Volume 
two yet. Samesies. Because <laughs> yeah, we so. all, we, we, I mean, I, it wasn't a book of the month, right? We just ended up No, we just, right. yeah, Vids found yeah, it, loved, and we're just like, yeah. yep. Yeah, so, I mean, great, volume great. one was phenomenal it was when we yeah. all loved it. So I, I, and I'm like halfway through volume two, but, but I, now that three's out, I feel compelled to finish two. With it's like Brigitte Bardot in volume one. She, that, she is so, yes. she's oh, so yes. cute. It's just oh, like, yes. I'm going to get on my motorcycle. Fuck y'all. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, deuces. deuces. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So what else do we have? You freaks. Freaks. You freaks. That's offensive. I got lots to talk about, but I want to hear from you. Well, I, I mean, we've been, we've been hogging that. We we you and I've been hogging the mic. I think we got a little tap talk about something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you, do you, do you think so? Mm-hmm. I um, I read the first issue of a comic from Boom, written by a friend of the show, someone we uh, haven't spoken with in a minute. Um, Corona Becco and art by Danny Luckert. This is called the space between. Um, I just, I decided to check it out because of the writer. Um, no idea what the hell it was going to be about, but I just figured it should be interesting. And it, it's, it's, it's a total sci-fi book. Um, we are in space floating around on a, um, on, on basically on what appears to be this 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 big giant rock um what's interesting though and and if i haven't I, I haven't read the the books but i've only watched the first season of silo and that not necessarily that wasn't really breaking to ground by kind of showing you how classes exist or coexist this is a very similar um some aspects of of the space between are similar um, to that class aspect, but um, we're introduced to a uh, to a pilot. Uh, her name is Revela, and uh, and she is basically disobeying orders by attempting to rescue another pilot. Um, and command is like. You got to get back. You're gonna get. You're you're either gonna get. Um, you're you're gonna get too close to the other ship. You're not gonna be able to pull up and pull them up. Um, so we're gonna end up losing two pilots. And uh, Rebel is like, well, you're not losing anybody, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming home without the other pilot. Um, so she does. She does make it back with. With her, uh, with her fellow pilot, and um, and soon as she gets back to uh, to the shuttle bay, that's when Co is is going apeshit. Uh, Disobeyed direct order. You're trying to lose your wings, and all Rebel cares about is like, listen, it, 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 she's alive. She wouldn't be if if I followed your orders, but it is what it is. Um, and so now she's got to kind of basically. Um, write a confession uh of of her actions a, a written paper copy uh for the archives um and there, and there seems to be a cat in in her uh in her bunk sitting on the table next to her no idea where this cat came from she even says later on in the issue she's like i don't know how you keep getting into this place but um the the cat just seems to have have adopted revla so revla is um 
she's she's going to uh, her, her actually her confession note says I confess to needing at least as much freedom as a cat and she leaves her room and um, she's kind of just walking around like in the shadows she doesn't want to be seen because I guess she's supposed to be locked up uh, in her room or wait to hear from from her superiors to find out what the next action is um, and a couple of other couple of other um, people on this level are walking by so she kind of uh, ducks behind a, um, a vent a, a grate and she starts climbing through the vent misses a step lands um, crashes through this net that is protecting the algae tanks that are on the lower levels and and um and she's she's rescued by one of the well maintenance workers uh that that live and work below um and uh and he pulls her out of the algae tank and basically lets her know that you know well this is what we do down here is so everybody up there so you folks up there um can breathe so he's kind of giving her a little tour of uh of the downstairs and she's like what what is this place and he's like well they, they, they just don't teach you anything um you know i figured you might be curious where you know your your air and your food come from and as they're walking through the corridors um there's a uh they they, they pass by another cat and um she's like you guys you you don't eat cats down here do you and she and and the dude's like bro like why would you even like if we ate the cats then who would eat the rats and she's like are you and and so he's just he's completely pulling her leg she's totally gullible because actually they both are because he's he's introducing her to his world um but of course they do still have to get back to the top level where she's from um they're uh he brings he brings her by the mess hall uh, so the cantina is is full of other workers, full of people. Um, the way this this whole system breaks down is is people are are paired, assigned mates, so that uh, they can control the population. Um, they're floating out in space to find another world to inhabit, um, and it's uh, it, it's introduced to a whole lot of characters that are all uh, very interesting. All all bring something uh to the table uh she's walking by chickens and all the other flora and, and fauna on on this level um they do make it up to um uh the, basically they're, they're unless i missed it i'm guessing the asteroid that they're on um maybe broke earth or at least that that that's why they're looking for a new home um so there's a lot of um, the the asteroid is filled with a lot of things from other ships and other other creations. But they uh, they get to the top level again, and uh, well, they finally get to the top level, and now my man finally sees the stars, and and he's just absolutely he's speechless, he's awestruck. Um, they end up actually, as they're walking by the windows, they they end up holding hands, and the moment strikes, and um, and and they do kiss. And when that happens, that's when you see um, the uh, the officers show up 
and and yell at maintenance class to step away from her uh and and now um there's there's basically the, the according to, to the officers it looks as though the, these two are in cahoots and um now he's in trouble for helping her and and she's in trouble for leaving her room um and he's just uh he's he's sitting he's actually now sitting in a in a jail cell um he uh he's he's been given a sentence they um obviously the rules are different for the folks down there um and and she's over here like throwing out the edicts from from their uh or or, or, or the phrases from the, from their edicts that everybody lives by um and and the dude at uh who she's pleading with he's he's impressed that you know someone who just lost their wings now knows everything is all of a sudden such this uh this this educated scholar of, of everything that we do and say up in space here but they uh they have these um casts that uh if you have something interesting to say you can kind of just it kind of like tiktok or reels or something where you'll just spew whatever you want to say uh you have a captive audience because everybody's just stranded here floating on this rock uh and and she's basically um pleading with the rest of the ship i just you know less wasn't yet his only crime was helping me was, was was fishing me out of an algae tax so i wouldn't drown and and bring me home like he and he's never seen the stars like why have the people down below why why do the people up top not know what goes on down below and why is it that the people down below can never see the stars um so there's this whole whole thing going on now and this goes on for a couple of years um he's just he he's staying in staying in prison and they they've been just trying to um change the laws somewhat that she's she's talking about um they never having a reason to care or worry about or be concerned about the other people in uh, in, in in the lower classes because it just didn't phase me it wasn't my life i didn't care i was living my life doing my thing but obviously um actions consequences and and just being aware of what else is going on um has kind of opened her eyes a bit uh but you've got it's a pretty slick page where where they talk about things that have happened a month later six months later one year later two years later three years later and four years later and all while this is happening the uh the the elected officials uh they're um they're they're trying to figure out you know we're well we're the council people have to listen to us if we tell them to ignore it they'll ignore it um and then somebody else in the council's like yeah but we have to listen we have to at least listen to what the people want to say and this woman's like why we, we tell them it's not the other way around like we're just we're in charge like who cares what the people are feeling or how they're thinking um so uh a year later the council is uh all about you know ignoring them didn't work and and uh and and this other idiot's like well that, that that's no reason to give them more space to complain and 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 even even the word insurrection is thrown around um Two years later, we find out that uh, Les's sentence 
has uh, has been reduced to four years, so it could be much worse. Um, they, uh, the council is still meeting three years later. Four years later is when um, is when Revla and Les um, are face to face with bars between them. Uh, she's just happy that he'll be out in a few days. Um, she ends up, we find out she did quit flying possibly because this was just more important to her. Um, so five years later, Les is out. Um, and, uh, and it turns out that, um, Revla does, um, get her wings back and, and she's, uh, she's out flying again making sure uh, the the Dodona, which is the name of the rock is, uh, that it stays safe. And it just, I, a lot happened in this one issue. Um, I, between the politics and, and the, the, the futuristic aspect of it, uh, really interesting characters. Um, I think, uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with it for a bit because, uh, it can tell a story. We know that. But um, Danny's Luckett's art is it's familiar and at the same time um, not as uh, it's it works for this story. There, there's um, it, it's 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 very familiar to me and and I can't I don't want to run down. What I think the influences are, but it's just it it's different than um, it's different than anything else we've talked about tonight but i i it, it, it's a good creative team i i'm really interested to see where the story's going um i like i said i i, I tried it just because i saw karina's name and and i think she, it was either threads or mastodon it, it, oh, months ago I, I i saw her mention it and show the cover of the first issue so i i, I was keeping it in mind and um and yeah i i I liked it. I, I I definitely liked it. I'm happy I liked it more than I, I I thought I would just dig it and you know enjoy it and this is cool. We'll and and I'll come back to it. But I I, I liked it a lot more than I expected to and 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 I'm happy about that. But this was this was really cool. I I, like I said like the characters, dig the concept. Um, there's definitely things to flesh out here so i, I want to see if we're just going to kind of maybe focus on because we she did the time jump with the over the course of a couple of pages we went from now to five years later so i don't know if we're going to continue to play with time i don't know if we're going to mess around with other characters to see how other people live on this rock but um or even if we just stick with with lesson rebel i'm not going to be upset about that either but i i dug it i i um if if you like sci-fi and and uh worry about the fate of the future um as we drift off into space uh, you might want to check this out but yeah the space between from boom we have a boomorama nice yep this is the book that i think was the best illustrated thing i read this week it was written and illustrated by michael Dialnus. I'm probably getting that wrong. And no, Dialnus. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Dialnus. You remember that uh, he was the illustrator on Wind from yeah. uh, JT. Yes, that's, where I, that's where I know his name. Yeah. Yeah, JT4. Um, it's called Zawa and the Belly of the Beast, number one. 
And our boy, Scotty Tuhati, did a chrome variant cover. Of course he did. It is insane. The, it, it, you it, see Scotty got new glamour photos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's all tan <laughs> and shit. He's wearing he's, very slimming all he's black. He's so cute. He's so cute. But uh, this was a very, very cool book. And, and there's a more than slight foodie edge to it. So I'm really surprised that it clicked so hard with me. But it's primarily because of the art. It um, begins with a legend. Love that. When they say, oh, you know what? There's a legend in these parts. This place is called Mesa's Boone. And the city is nestled in the shadow of a mountain. And they say, legend has it, that within the belly of the mountain resides the guardian in eternal slumber. And this guardian is protected by the mayor and his mega factory. Once a year, the denizens of this Mesa's boon, they hold a divine feast, right, as a way of thanking the sleeping guardian, giving back, you know, for thanks a lot for providing for us for a whole year Hope you do it again next year. But it's it's just an excuse to, to throw a big old bash uh, because they they think, at least they were told, that without the sleeping guardian, they'd have nothing. That's the official story. But uh, again, dystopia. Everything in Mesa's Boone is controlled by the mayor, especially the food, which amounts to processed, prepackaged, like crap. It's sold in vending machines, and, and most of the population take what they're given, but some, like young Bandit, aren't satisfied. Bandit takes after his daddy. His late father was employed as the mayor's factory chef, and he aspired to provide better food for everyone. I just want everybody to eat good food. What's wrong with that? And Bandit's always experimenting in the kitchen. He's trying new combinations and concoctions like the cookies he bakes early in the issue. And, you know, somebody tastes the cookie and it's like, oh, this is magnificent because they're used to eating crap, right? But where does he get the ingredients for his culinary adventures? Well, he and his sister Thatcher and their friend Leo, they scavenge for them. And they set out to burgle the mayor's factory. They want to get in there, snatch some primo ingredients. There's a montage. There's fresh tomatoes and, and potatoes and rice and oranges and all this, this good stuff that you know find in the processed garbage that you know is fed to the, the population. But there there are whispers, another legend, there are whispers of a beast chained in the basement of said factory. You know, a monstrous creature with an insatiable hunger, nicknamed the Gobblegeist. Just a tall tale, right? I mean, you know, these things pop up. The Bigfoot, the Yeti, you know, Chupacabra. But we got the Gobblegeist in this book. But it's not just a legend. Because the kids, they sneak into the factory. Poop hits the oscillator. Bandit flees down a garbage chute. Did you learn nothing from Star Wars? Uh, and the garbage chute empties out into this gigantic chamber. Piles of garbage and detritus and f like rotting food. And, and 
there's a shaggy, blazing-eyed, ravenous creature in chains. Just chewing on whatever it could get in its mouth, right? So Bandit freaks, and he's dropping stuff, and he's trying to get out of there. He drops the cookies. And he manages to escape. But something blows up, and so does the creature. Who, after a bite of Bandit's cookie, instantly shifts from this snarling beast, wild hair flying all over. It transforms, like... Flick of a switch into this peaceful, wide-eyed girl. It's nuts. And that's where the issue ends. And I was captivated by this art. There's a pair of pets. There's a chicken named Spot and a black cat named Belle that has bells on her tail. Adorable. They're like... Not the focus of the panels in which they're, well, not all of them, but like they're, they're background chicanery, like they're cute and they're doing this stuff, but the, the, you, we get to see how these people live and it's not all that great, but Bandit just loves to freaking cook. And I was like, oh, I can't relate to this. Like, why? Why would you like to cook? But he's making these cookies, you know, and the, the, the aroma's wafting through the kitchen and everybody, within smelling range, sniffing range of this aroma. They're like, ooh, Bandit's making cookies. And they just love his food. So I'm getting where this is going. But I thought it was magnificent. The art is like, woof. It's so stylized. But I could see why Scotty did a, a cover for this because it's not too far removed from Scotty Too Hottie style. Like, it's in the same... It's not as exaggerated as Scotty stuff. But this is has a more, it's got a, a polish to it. But man, the the design of whatever this this creature is, um, both sides you get this snarling thing. This ah, eyes are like devoid of pupil. But then when she eats the cookie, boop, her eyes get all big. We call it cookie eyes in this in this house. They get cookie eyed, and you could see pupils. And she's so cute ish. And where it's going, I don't know. But the 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 beast, when when it emerges from this this prison, it it picks up on the fact that the people aren't happy, that you know they're not being treated the way they should be, and they're not being fed the way they should be, and there, there's definitely a deficit in the living quality of these people, all because of the mayor. So we're going to have a showdown. I don't know how long this thing is going to go on. I'm sure it's a, it's it's going to be finite because once you wrap it up, yeah, okay, the, you know, the story's told and let we have this little self-contained wonderful story, hopefully. I thought it was great. Just look at the cover for the first issue. It tells you everything you need to know. It's magnificent. Did you guys look at it at all? Just no, the uh, just the previews from previews. I haven't, a, I haven't checked the issue. It's yet, a so. knockout, man. That's what got me to order it. Those those pages that Boom dropped in the previews, I was like, I want more of this art. It's so loose and free and just, just amazingly, um, I don't want to say exaggerated, but it's very expressive. And the, the human characters are really well rendered. Uh, cartoon-ish, which is great. Uh, not too stiff at all. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a pleasure to look at these pages. But there's uh, there's some meat on the bones too. We got a mystery, and we have a creature mm. that has now been ejected from its prison. Oh, who done it? Yeah, 
well, the mayor, but but as to what kind of retribution is going to go on. I'm sure, I'm guessing that the cookie's going to wear off. Whatever magic was baked into that cookie, like the Keebler Elves, is is going to wear off after a while, and, and Butch is, or, or Bandit's going to have to keep feeding her cookies to keep her satiated and, and docile. But then there's going to be a time when she, that's not necessary. She's going to have to step up. So, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great-looking book. Nice. Com- compelling story. Yeah. I just wish Boom would just part ways with the 499 like 499 issues killing me why are these books 499 this one had a had a, a sturdier cover but i picked up coda number 3 today yeah. and and it's so damn flimsy it just feels like nothing in your hands but to mm-hmm. their credit there's 22 23 pages of art and story so that's cool thank you right but if you if it seems like a disposable product i'm kind of going to treat it like that Right, yep. I'm just not. I'm just yep. going to wait for the collected edition. I don't understand it. I don't understand why why the the status quo for comics is now becoming five dollars. I mean, I get it. <laughs> People are greedy and they're trying to make as much money on what little issues they do sell. But five bucks—that's pushing me out of the arena, man. Mm-hmm. Slow, slowly but surely. Like, I don't want to pay five bucks for a comic. Do you? No. Uh, no. Right. Not when we know there are a number of online retailers, not the least of which is CheapGraphicNovels.com, that's going to slash the price of the collected edition. In every collected edition, say if it's five issues, the price point is not $4 times five issues. Well, this this uh, trade paperback has to be at least $20. Like Usually it's, it's less than that, and plus the discount. So you're paying like 14 bucks. For a trade paperback in most cases, that's around what I want to pay. I don't want to pay $19, $25 for a trade paperback because of only five issues. Call me cheap. I don't care. But I don't think there's there's a massive amount of value in a $5 comic book. Yeah, man. Listen, this is the ongoing discussion that's happening in the industry right now, right? Just... You know? Um, I'm a hypocrite because I paid five bucks for this, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's 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 not a question of if people like us will continue to do what we do and and buy and support. It's just a question of, you know, how do you get new people in? That I mean, that's a that's a big ask, right? I mean, yeah. I'm my my tendency to not pay that. It wanes when I venture out of the. Um, big publisher arena like it, it, you know and, and mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna in my in your travels the book was 10 bucks for like 30 whatever 30 Woof. 36 pages but yeah. it's oversized it has gold or has foil uh on the cover it, it it's Why something that matter, because that's those things are expensive for a for a boutique publisher know, does that enhance your yes okay. it, yes it does but but for a boutique publisher, I, I'm just going to – I'll spill it. Floating World, right? For a, a book from Floating World, which I'm sure they're not moving like thousands and thousands of books, right? To put you know red foil on a cover, an oversized book with heavy cardstock covers and interior pages, like that's got to be pricey. So yeah, I'll pay 10 bucks for that, sure. Especially when it features an, art, an artist like – 
the one I'm going to talk about when we go on your travels. But to get a, fl a flimsy paper pamphlet from Boom that, not this one, but Coda, that, that it feels like, you know, a newspaper supplement in my hand. Like, I, that's it's not worth five bucks to me. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a crisis of faith. Like, what do you do? I want to well, keep going to this to this shop every Wednesday. That's fun. I get to talk to people. I get to pick up books. It's something new every week. It's like the highlight of my week. That's awesome. But if it's going to cost me like forty, fifty dollars every time I go, that's I don't know. I can't justify that. Mm. You're out of luck then. I mean, that's well, the reality. I mean, that's yeah. Not or funny. or I just I mean I can afford it, right? We we all can afford it. But do I is is that a, a worthwhile expenditure of my resources when I can wait a couple of months to get the trade paperback for probably less than half of what I would have paid on the single issues? Well, I was going to say the thing about like Coda specifically, or or a lot of the stuff that Boom does, is that uh, I've been conditioned, like many, especially for something like Coda, where it's a sequel to something I loved the first volume. I I'm just expecting that if I'm patient, I'm going to get a hardcover of it that I'll happily pay for. You know, me and, too. And so, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But but, but so, I'm 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 yeah. very susceptible to peer pressure. Like if if I'm online and and the Instagram comes up and somebody oh are you saying you're a hype beast Vince I'm no I'm susceptible interesting I have a problem like I, I think I, you used to call me a hype beast and yet I don't succumb to those kinds of, of taunts well I didn't call you a hype beast Vinny called you me have a definitely called me a hype beast before it could have happened I don't know but what I'm saying is if it, of the 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 areas in which I'm interested movies vinyl comics if somebody whose opinion i trust comes out and says this is the greatest thing ever I, my my figure just i can't help it. i go right to the buy button it's like i buy it yeah no i'm like that too and and the, with the comics only that's the only thing but with comics i'm like oh, I gotta get unfortunately that. for me there there's a number of of uh, <laughs> areas in which that's very true with me and so i i have to watch like what do i want to spend money on i don't know i don't know yeah. If somebody out there gives me a job editing or, or you know, whatever, I, I would love that as well. But, hey, you know, whatever. You heard it here first, people. Get no, I, I'm just, like, I, I, I love, I love comics. I love to buy comics. I love to make sure that these things continue. But there's a point when you're, it's like you're kicking yourself in the nuts. Like, five bucks. It's crazy. Big game was seven ninety nine, albeit yeah. a, you know uh, it, it was a, a more lengthy issue than than a typical you know issue. So of course it's going to be more, but it was yeah. like eight dollars. Like what is happening? Yeah, I mean um, God's number one, right? That it was ten bucks. <laughs> I wouldn't give you two cents for that, but whatever. No, but, like, but but you know, um, I don't know if it was Bre I think it was Brevoort. So someone, re like, yeah, it was Brevoort. He 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 was very candid about the fact that it was a mistake. Like they, and he basically, in no in 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 no uncertain terms, put the onus on Hickman. And said Jonathan really felt strongly about not breaking up the content of the first issue. I think it's forty six pages. The first issue. Um, yeah. And and wanted it to be you know to release this way, so we acquiesced, and it was a mistake because nobody bought it. <laughs> yeah, so well, like, yeah, yeah, Jonathan is zero for two with no, the, no, we don't have to we don't have to go back to that. Kind yeah, of I'm just saying. I'm saying, but but the point is, is that the, I mean, for I feel like as long as we've done this show, there's been a, the discussions of like, well, 
the price, you know, comics pricing, how, how is this sustainable? And, and ever, and then we always feel, and I feel like the collective, the collective we of comic collection, we're all, we're all hypocrites because we, we kvetch about every price increase and then we continue to buy a shit ton of comics and talk about them. Um, and I think that's probably still to the case, but yeah, I mean, but like, I think where it does affect it is, is the, is the idea of, of, you know, comics always survived because it had a never ending stream of new people coming into the hobby. And the reason that it, this and toys, you know, Hasbro is having an absolute horrible time, right? Like the reason all these things are actually being impaired now is because through these practices that we've become numb to because we're already hooked, like crack on the stuff, but it's, it's been around long enough and gotten sustained enough where it does pretty much preclude new people from coming in quite at least to, at the levels that, that, that it needs to, to sustain itself. Cause like there's always people leaving these hobbies too, right? Like so always people aging out or, financially changing their perspective or dying like right and so you need new blood and we're getting less people willing to pay for these things than are leaving the hobby now comics is interesting and not to tread familiar ground but like a shit ton more people read these comics than pay for them right (laughs) so like the the content is still being consumed and enjoyed but the economics aren't necessarily being captured uh appropriately You know, it's um, unfortunate. It's like it toys. Is. Like you either buy the toy, or you don't. You don't. There's no like digital bootleg of the toy. But like, but yeah. I mean, so. Um, but look, I mean, how many times have we all complained about like action figures, right? Like, oh, I can't like. But yet, every, every day in the Slack, there's posts on the toys channel. Somebody's buying yeah, the toys. That, that that's one thing. That's but uh, again, hypocrite. Because I, I just got billed forty four bucks for a freaking Frankenstein transformer, but. Um, the uh, I see the the McFarlane figures and and all and the like the black Star Wars figures like thirty some dollars like who is buying these things? I mean I I mean I just paid forty dollars for a classified figure for one. Yeah, that's insane, dude. It really I is. I no, I hear you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Like I I pulled away from the vinyl too because the price point used to be like seventy five. 90 bucks price mm-hmm. point now for a, a medium-sized vinyl begins at 150 right i said that it's untenable i can't do it yeah is the, the yeah. last one i bought was new york city last year and that was well worth the, the money but mm-hmm. i i just haven't seen anything of that caliber that i'm willing to spend you know close to two bills on it's just no Oh well, hey, this uplifting talk is going to get them just raring for more. So, <laughs> well, I think the uplifting addendum to all this is that no matter what happens to the comics business that we've become used to, comics are never going to die. No, uh-uh. you know, and 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 it may be self-serving for me to be so sanguine about it because the stuff that legitimately seems being impaired right now is the stuff I care at least about. So it's like, I, I don't doubt for a second that we could do this show for another 20 years without problem. Even if, even if Marvel and DC stopped putting out comics. Now I don't think they're going to, but I'm saying if, 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 you know, the sky is falling, Oh no, if, if, if these two big corporate companies decide, you know what, it's just not worth it to print these things anymore. Like we, we got, we own the IP anyway, we can have people, you know, make content with it. 
um, which again I don't think is going to happen, but but people are scared about it. If if that were to happen, I would it would it would have zero percent impact on my enjoyment of the hobby. It would at this point. Now five years ago, I would have been apoplectic about it. So I mean, yeah. I I understand that my perspective is is evolved, and I don't think it's fair for me to. I'm not going to I'm not going to suggest that if 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 you're listening to this and and still feel much stronger pull to to Marvel and DC. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong to do that because that was that was my life and perspective for 30 plus years of being a fan. But but I but just speaking personally, like uh, my contributions and excitement for doing the podcast aren't going to change in, in iota. Same, same. But hmm. I mean, I got to feel bad for the publishers because I don't think there's an effective way. I mean, and if there were, it would have been done at this point. I don't think there's an effective way to police all of these many, many sites that are just giving this shit away. Right? No, it, just because of the, the format, it's impossible. It's such a small file size, and it's 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 a flat. You know, it's 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 something designed to be digitized and scanned with very little change in. Yeah, the and quality. it doesn't take yeah. much effort to find these places. I, I'm not promoting yeah. it at all, but I'm no, just no, saying. No, no, right. That it, if you're looking to steal comics, it's really not that hard. Music was super easy to do. Comics is even easier. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But um, again, I you know, I just feel for the publishers because what do you do? Do you stop selling digital? To make it easier not to pirate them, like that's so that's a huge. But there were pir- I mean, as you know, there were scan there were scans long before there was digital comics, right? But what I'm saying, it takes time to scan a book. Now, no, no doubt. But I'm saying that that wouldn't. I don't think that would like. It if, wouldn't if, change if, it. Yeah, it would yeah. just lengthen the duration from sure. on sale date to the to the time it's 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 pirated. But because digital is a large chunk of the publisher's revenue, so we've been told. Uh, these things are super easy to pirate. It's just like, we'll just take this thing that the publisher released and we'll, you know, strip, I, I don't even know how you do it, strip the DRM from it and just, you know, send it out there. Like, okay, yeah. seconds after the publisher releases it. Yep. So it's like, it's crazy. It is. I, I mean, I, I, there's no room in my heart for digital at all. Um, I don't even consider it real. Like when I read a digital book, it's like, yeah, that's nice, but this this is something that I want to reread and cherish. Like it's going on my yeah. bookshelf. But yeah, it's. I mean, people don't I feel mean, that way though. The, 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 I was going to say for, for me. I mean, I, I'm I'm absolutely in love with 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 the digital hardcover hybrid model. Like I I, I just adore reading most things digitally, and then realizing that that's not going to take up more space in my absolutely overwhelming amount of stuff I already have in this house. And then the stuff that really matters to me, if they put out a nice collection, I'm going to have it on my shelf. Like that makes me thrill. That, exactly. that, that well, that's how it I is. Love. That's how it is with vinyl too. Right. You, you know, if, if you're a vinyl, I'm talking about audio. If, mm-hmm. if you buy vinyl, chances are really good. You don't buy vinyl with everything you consume because sure. how do you, where do you store that? Like, that's just crazy. But you're going to buy vinyl of the stuff that really matters, like the high watermarks. You know, I'm not going to make a list, but Dark Side of the Moon, you want that on vinyl. That's that's a, a sea change in, 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 in sound and in, in performance. Like, it's a freaking masterpiece. You want that on vinyl. You're, I don't know. Are you, are, you very, are you willing to buy, you know, X in the, the whatever's? Like, okay, whatever. But it's just that's how I feel with comics too. 
I've been on a streak with the single issues. And I think that's why I'm feeling this way, because I've been buying single issues now for, what, more than a year. And I enjoy it. I love it. But how much of those sing- how many of those single issues were worthy spending buying you know spending the premium on the single issue because the page count in a trade paperback does not equal what you expended on on the uh, price per page for a, a trade paperback does not equal the cost of buying the the series in single issues it's it's much less for a, a trade paperback so do do I do I miss out on the Wednesday thing or do I wait for the trade or do I just keep doing what I'm doing at the expense of my my I don't I don't know I don't, I just I just don't know it's it's, it's well it's interesting I mean you, you and Dap have had a a renaissance of going to the shop and getting issues yeah like that. it's a lot of fun that's mm-hmm. the whole point it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. I, I think part and parcel that's a big part of the Wednesday comics thing. You get to go to the shop. You get to talk to the owner. Or maybe there's a cup, couple customers you're friendly with. You talk to them about books. Like it, it, it's it's everything I I love about talking about comics without the fucking mm-hmm. social media bullshit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's it it's it it's it's social. It's a human thing. It's great. Where I I could just click a button and buy these things digitally, but then there's there's what's the fun in that? There there's none. So I I don't know. It it just seems like and and it's it's only when you think it's only a dollar, but it so that equates to instead of paying $20 for my books, I'm paying like 30, 40 or more. Like it is it's it's too much. It's just too much. Hi buddy. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. It I mean the, the jury's still out. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I I do enjoy the Wednesday comics thing. I really do. That's what was missing from ordering my books online. I mean, we ordered books online for more than a decade, and I never realized that the 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 communal aspect of the local comic shop is 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 a huge part of what right made me yeah, fall I mean, in yeah, love the with whole, comics. The whole Wednesday Warrior thing, right? I mean, that's the yeah, thing. it's great. It's great. I mean, some would say that. I mean, that's how you sold me on doing the show, which was. Back in the day, no, I'm saying you were like it'll be like going to the shop on Wednesday, right? I mean that's and the, it is right, it is. But, so right. So yeah. for me, this this scratch that's this scratches that itch. Like I have never felt. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I just have a. I've completely, I have, I have many vices, but 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 single issues is one I kick the habit. I I have just they mean nothing to me. I don't have any interest in them. So like the physical, I like I don't. Like I, I'm fine with reading single issue form, the format, but I, I don't like I have I have just absolutely no. To me, every time I get a, a DCBS box now, if like if single issue, I'm like, why did I order that single issue? I'm like, what? Like, what did I do that for? Like, I don't like I don't I don't need this. I'm not gonna read this issue. I'm gonna but it, I'm gonna read it digitally, and then I'm gonna wait for the collection if I like it. It's like, so f- cool to me, and so much fun. Where I'll buy into a miniseries. series, uh, and a five week event. Oh man, because I know. That every week for five weeks, I'm getting another chapter in this thing that I'm reading. Like, that's fun. I would argue, I mean, that's not different, though, if it's physical or digital. Like, you're, you're, you're getting that same experience. The digital is still coming out each week, and you're getting it. It's it, not. it is different. Because because it, it, you, you, the, making the effort of getting there 
and and talking to people about the issue that came before. Like that's fun. I could do that online, but it's all behind a screen. I don't want to do that. Where's there's no joy in that. It's it's so cold. Hey everybody, come to our Slack. It's uh, a lot of fun. No, that's different. <laughs> because hey, although that's what you're uh, talking yeah. about, we go to Slack and talk about the comics we're reading. I mean, that's... but that's curated. Though all those people are our friends. Oh. So 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 talking to them is, is is online is the same almost as talking to them at a con. As you know, we're not in the same physical space, but mm-hmm. all those people we know. But then if you're online, you're saying, "Oh man, I thought Big Game Number Five was freaking incredible." Oh, it's just another representation of the image model that, like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, I don't, I, I, I you know, you're not going to get that because somebody may be negative on the Slack, but they always do it knowing our buying habits, what we love. Like, they're not just going to shit on something for the sake of shitting on it. They're going to be like, this is, yeah, you know what? I think you're a bit of a hypocrite because this is, but that's cool because we, we know respect and we love these people. But online, mm-hmm. Jimmy from Kansas could, come in and just say you know this is if that's your real name if well, that's your that i long myself broke myself of all that too i i don't i don't have any interaction with people outside of the slack and online about comics so. but it's a huge component of loving things is interacting with people and talking about them for for you i mean not for a lot of people myself included i don't that doesn't i have no like that doesn't mean anything to me i don't like, you don't want I, to sh- it, share the love no, but I do. I, I have a like to me, sh- like our our platform and community is like that's as what I'm that's saying. Perfect, right? Yeah, but but that has not like I don't. So I, to me, going to the shop doesn't like that pales in comparison. Right, running to some jabron at the shop who probably voted for Trump that is buying that's dying. Jeez, talking about like 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 most of the people at a shop are not going to be people that I have an interest. Like I'm not going to. I don't think the average person at a shop's opinion is going to be more valid or be more intriguing to me than the people on the internet. It's all the same group of random people. They're like I. People go to a comic shop or just a random selection of people that live in that area. I I presume, like I presume of most human beings, that their opinions are pretty much meaningless to me. I don't. I don't. Wow. Like it means nothing. Well, see, I'm of the opinion that the more you encounter them, the less random it becomes, and that could potentially be a friend. Like you could, you could form a, a friendship just from going to the comic shop every week. Their opinions don't have to mesh with mine, but if I find something about them worthy of continuing the discussion of whatever, like so, who like you could you could yeah. make make another friend totally. I look forward to when you tell me you've made a new bestie at the shop because I still haven't heard that story, but I'm sure it'll happen. I just can't. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Woo! Zap's all quiet because Zap goes to the shop every week, too. He he does, but I, I, I know he feels the same way I do. He's a beautiful quiet. He's a beautiful person. I feel like Dap talks to the owner of the shop. I don't feel like he schmooz, he's schmoozing with other shop shop attendees. Uh, you don't know that. Dap is very I'm charismatic. Saying my man's, he's not. He's he's quiet. He's 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 uh, he's 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 uh, he's he's the freaking uh, uh, Groucho Marx over here tonight. He's he's not he's not chiming <laughs> in on the discussion. Uh, well, I'm not I'm not gonna step on people. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for an opening. But <laughs> the um, no, it's I'll it's it's not. It's not a big. They do have 
they have their customers that, that that come in for comics and and have a pull list, but for the most part, um, it's it's a gaming shop, and so I, there there isn't a lot for me to chat with with a lot of the folks that are there at any given time, um, and the and and their Discord server is is pretty lively as well, so everybody chats there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, by I, my neighbor here across the way, actually, my my. my my president of of the HOA, he's he goes over there from time to time, so he'll pick up some books and there. I will I will sometimes chat with someone if 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 they are picking up something or or checking out the rack and um, I'll chime in if if questions are asked from time to time. But for the most part, it's I'm 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 usually there talking to. Um, to Joko, who's who's the manager, or or Yori, who who owns the place when they're there, um, they're not always really just catching up on on anything comics related either, j- j- just about life and things in general. And now we get to talk about um, them moving uh, about not even eight minutes away, so I won't be able. I can walk to the shop on a really nice day um, if I feel like putting in the steps. Otherwise, instead of Onyx and I walk into the shop every Wednesday after work. Now, um, I'll take her for a short walk and then throw her in the car, and we'll drive straight down Main Street um, about seven or eight minutes to, to get to the shop. I mean, it's I haven't seen the, the, the floor plan for the new place yet. We're going to have plenty of parking, which the current spot doesn't have. It'll be bigger, and hopefully it won't flood as much, um, and hopefully the landlords will be but, nicer. But how cool is it? Oh, how much fun is it where, okay, you enter into a comic shop, mm-hmm. such as mine, you get your, your your pull books, and you got a nice little stack, and like, oh, look at this. It's yep. a it's a box of dollar books. Flip, 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 flip. Holy shit, I don't have this issue of Youngblood. Like, that to me, that blows up my world. Yes. When, when a book is just like, fall into my hands, or uh, it could be anything that that i got for less than cover price that that is a bonus to me i just paid you know whatever percentage i get off for these new books but i got this book from 10 years ago 20 years ago for a dollar and you know which one i inevitably read first the older book i got this for a buck and it's so cool look at this freaking rob liefeld just torching this page like that's fun to me i'm sorry so yes, no. that's that's one of the main reasons why I keep going every Wednesday. In addition to the whole, you know, social aspect of it. I don't know. Jason, yeah. Is it this close to Christmas that Scrooge has has emerged from his cave? No, dude, listen, I'm not begrudging you what well, you get out of it again. Like you're like you're the classic Wednesday warrior. Like that that's that carried this industry for decades. Like that the point is the, you're a dying breed and that's but that's fine. That doesn't mean your 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 viewpoint isn't valid. I mean oh, like, I didn't whatever. No, I'm saying We're just like, having you, fun, right? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But like that's cool. Like for it I like I I've never in the entire time you've known me, that's not been something that's appealed to me. I, I had I, a dream today. And I know it wouldn't come true because you don't work within the city anymore. But I had a dream that you got out of work, you you went over to Midtown Comics, and you bought a physical copy of G.I. Joe 301. Like uh, that that would have been cool to me. Mm. 
that they, that you needed that physical issue so bad that you went to Midtown Comics, walked up the stairs, plunked down your money, and you got it. And it's like if I had a, a camera, I would have detailed the whole thing. Right. But I'm a dreamer. I mean, you know. Yeah. They, I, I think I I literally like. I am so close to just throwing out half of my comics. Like, like mm. I, like, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean it. Like, like having them here is more stressful and bothersome to me than figuring out the most optimal way to get them out of here. Like, like I don't. They give me no joy. Like I have, like, like it is not in any way a thing that I need from the in, the the industry, and happened for some time. Like I go into a shop every now and then now, and I'm like, it's like a museum to me. I look around and I think, I either own everything in here that I want to own, or like I'm like, I'm like, ah, there's nothing. Because like my friends will be like, oh, a new comic shop opened up. Did you check it out? And I'm like, eh. Like I mean, I'm gonna walk in and I'm gonna see a bunch of stuff I don't want, and the stuff that they have on the wall I'm gonna probably already own. You know, like I mean, it's cool, but like again, I'm not like trying to like if if I get it. like I I love that it gives you joy still. Like that's great. Like I I in my perfect world, every comic shop that is open now will last forever. I mean, I I don't want shops to close down. I I, I want people to get their comics over the can. I'm just saying, like it it's just not a it it is not the single issue hasn't been a draw for me in. I mean, pretty much for the whole time we've all been friends. I, I don't. I mean, there was a t- the first like five years we did the show. I still bought tons of back issues and and bought and and almost everything I ordered from DCBS was single issues. But but I mean, it's been eight to ten years that I've cared about a single issue. I mean, it, it is. I've long I've long broke myself of that cycle. I just don't have any. It has no appeal to me whatsoever. And digital has played a huge role. If digital comics didn't exist, I'd still buy hundreds of back of single issues a month. I See? mean. I, of course, but 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 going to the shop was ne- I was never a going like going to the shop was always a a thing I had to do. It was never all the years I had a pull list before mail order comics came around, and then and then I switched to DC. Like I, I it was never a thing where I like walked in the store and thought, oh, I can't wait for someone to come up to me like, what do you think Avengers or oh, did you get like I was always like cringing at that. Like I because again I'm an introvert. Like I. Like if I'm not friends with you, I don't want to talk to you. Like I don't like like I want to get in, get my stuff, and get out. I have no interest in hearing your opinion. I mean, I'll be polite. I'm a very good faker. I'll, I'll make it seem like I'm super interested in what you're saying, but like I'm cringing inside and want to leave. I, I don't I don't have any interest in hearing if I don't know you. So and that's how I just that's just how I'm wired, man. Look, we're all wired differently. You're an extrovert in that regard. I'm not. It's fine. Like there's nothing. It's not neither neither's good or bad. The point. The only reason I brought it up is that for whatever reason the number of people coming in to buy single issues continues to, to dwindle. We're not replaced. Like new, new people interested in comics aren't interested in that model, like full stop. So the, the, the trouble these stores have is they have to continue to appeal to that model because that's the model they know. And that's what people in our age model are used to doing, but that is not helping them grow their business or sustain it. And so what do they do? Okay. No, I mean, it's again. You're like you sound like you're defeated. I'm. I'm not. No, I'm not like, defeated. It's, it's I not just an we, we all. Like, no, there's no argument. It's just we all have our, yeah, our, yeah. our methods of acquisition. Mine sometimes involves Dan Parent or Mark Schultz. Like I can't get that online. Where Dan Parent is in the same physical space with me, and we're talking about comics. Like that's freaking awesome. 
Yeah. Oh, sure. But yeah. I know it's unique to me. Like, that's not with every comic I was going to say, shop. yeah, that's, <laughs> we don't all have that that that, that advantage. I and love listen, Dan. There, He's a handsome there were, dude. There were a few years when I went in Midtown quite frequently. Right. And then, honestly, for, for it, was, it was a cost thing, kind of like you were alluding to. It was like, man, like, getting these issues adds up a lot quicker when I'm getting them at Midtown. Certainly does. Oh, getting sure. Them from from yeah, DCBS, yeah. you know? like Yeah. Well, that, I mean, look at me. I was a customer of Dave's for a good 10 whatever 15 years and then christina popped up and it's like what i can get these 40 percent off that's more yep. than i get at dave's yeah but now uh i mean i don't get 40 percent, and i don't care um sure i could return to dcbs or, or whatever and and get them at uh well and the discount for marvel is 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 less than it used to be but whatever I could get to a, 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 com, a comparable or better discount at DCBS, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to wait. I, I want to. And it's not even the waiting thing. It, I, I don't want to immerse myself in the in that whole waiting for the box. Oh, I got my box. There's no joy. In it. I can't share this stuff with anybody. It's yeah. Well, you can share it with. You I share don't, it with. And I do. You share it with way more people on the show than you ever could walking in even the most busy store like Midtown Comics. So that's not. Yeah, that's. I I can't. I can't doubt. I'm not going to go against that. No, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Wow. Thanks for being here with us one more time. And uh, we hope, we implore you to come back next time because there'll be more of this, uh, hopefully more upbeat. And uh, remember genuflect at the altar of cheapgraphicnovels.com because they are going to bestow upon you massive savings. Omnibus editions, trade paperbacks, collected editions, OGNs, manga, all that stuff. Less than cover price. Much less. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Reply to the email. Get free shipping if you say 11 o'clock comic sent. There you go. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. A whole lot of shaking going on over there. Not shaking, shaking. And, well, some shaking. And uh, we have everything you need and join our, our Slack so we can do this digitally. We can talk digitally and have fun because we love you. In your travels. Um, let's see. All right. One of these things, I want to do two things. One of these things I read, one of these things I did not. But the thing I did not read is so eye-searingly gorgeous that I got to tell you about it. And I mentioned it before. It is from Floating World Comics. We got Jason T. Miles is the editor-in-chief. Jason uh, Levian is... Nation of Jasons over here. A lot of Jasons. Jason Levian is, is the publisher... Uh, Ken Landgraf did the inside front cover. What? Oh, shit. Front cover. Oh, shit. Some Ken Landgraf uh, commissions just went on off at uh, at uh, Heritage tonight. Oh, I love Ken's stuff. So yeah. good. This issue has a poster bound into the center. Uh, it is called the Monster Fan Club. It is an oversized, larger than a magazine anthology. The Lion's share of which is drawn by Shaky Kane. Shaky! That's why I bought this. It is a whole Shit. mess of Shaky Kane 
and Shaky's doing what Shaky does. There's monsters. There's a there's there's uh, bizarre superheroes, and uh, again, more of the dystopia. Phantom, Tor Johnson, Frankenstein's monster, creatures from the Black Lagoon. Woo! You need this Shaky Cane, and it's ten dollars for full stop, full color, oversized, uh, you know, uh, format. You got red foil embossing, not embossing, but red foil uh, on the cover in strategic locations. It's all full color. It is well worth the ten friggin' dollars. So I don't know whether you want to go online and uh, check out uh, Floating World or call your local uh, comic book place and see if they have it. But you need this, and it, it's continued, so there's going to be another one. But the thing that I did read, and again, I'm begging you to read this, written by Joe Casey, art by Nathan Fox, created by Chap Yap. It's Dutch, number zero. Hello? Dutch, number zero? <laughs> what? It's one that of those... I mean, it, and Fox is a bad actor. You're not yeah. shit. And, and Nathan Fox's art is absolutely impeccable. Gorgeous, gorgeous art. But um, it's one of those past comes to come back to, to haunt the uh quote unquote hero it it starts kind of like a western but it sure don't end that way and it is just um if you were a fan of young blood and the extreme universe back in the day well you know who dutch is and you're gonna love this because um it picks up the reins where it's one of those Yes, I've, I've I've left that life, and I'm just trying to you know live. I'm out here in the sticks, and I'm watching TV and and kicking back, and and boy, that past has a way of of creeping back into reality, and that's exactly what happens in this book. So good, uh, Dutch number zero came out today. I don't want to say anything else about it because it just came out today, but it is really well done, and it leads into the Dutch miniseries, which is going to be written by Joe Casey, illustrated by Simon Gain. Shut up. Damn. Need it. You need it, Jason. Yeah, I'm on that. I'm not for sure. Yeah, I guess I'll be checking it out. It's really well done. You, you, you've you seen Fluorescent Black, right? Like, Bro, are you Nathan, kidding me? Right. Nathan Fox chews on I was about panel. to say, we've been, I've been on Nathan Fox since Flores and Black, and I credit the Neesman. We were at the... The, 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 the weatherman. I mean, like, he's... Yeah. Yes, we've, we've, we've been fans of, of, of Nathan's for, for ages. Nathan Nathan is, is one of the contributors to my very first ever jam piece. Yes. Well, I mean, you're crediting Chris, but Nathan Fox was my baby. Because I remember talking up Killing Girl. And Chris was like, "What? Oh, that's possible." I just yeah, know that and Killing Girl came out before Fluorescent um, Black. Yes, just saying. Because we were, we were at, I think it was, I guess it was Comic Con, and he raced over to Nathan's table to buy a copy of Fluorescent Black, and I bought a copy too, and the rest is history. Published by Heavy Metal. Yep. Yep. Phenomenal book. Get Dutch. It's really good. Nathan Fox is also the first artist to ever draw uh, the Zazie Beats movie version of domino as a commission for me 
Yes. Happy accident. Right, there you go. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, he wasn't supposed to draw her that way, but but, right. it, but it was awesome. And I was, then I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Maybe I'll start getting some of this character too. Yeah. If you have a soft spot for the extreme characters, you'll love this book. You love it, and I'm 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 excited because I mean, as as a fan of of Paris and and Sundown, I want to see what Simon does with the character. Simon Gain is in the running for one of the all-time best Godzilla takes. Nice. Yeah. Strong. Uh, in your travels, um, let's do some catching up this weekend. And uh, I read issues two and three of Birds of Prey by Kelly Thompson mm-hmm. and Leonardo Romero, uh, colors mm-hmm. by Jordi Belair. The third issue was... So lambing, uh, the uh, the birds have to uh, get to Paradise Island uh, to to Mascara, uh, to and we um, the way we get there is pretty freaking wild. Um, but of course, knowing that they have to get to the homeland of Wonder Woman, um, Dinah, even though Diana is a dear friend. Um, she doesn't want to tempt fate and tell Wonder Woman what she's planning on doing because she doesn't want to risk the wrath of Wonder Woman. So it'll be all secretive, um, as we've been saying since the first issue. Uh, but in order to keep things secret and to make sure Wonder Woman is not alerted, uh, Dinah needs to enlist Ollie and... I'll just say maybe some hijinks ensue at that point. But I, Romero, the, I mean, seeing Barda show up to the party in in a uh, in two piece swimwear, straight out of Kirby's sketchbook. Um, it's just I, it, it, the chef's kiss. The, the the art is absolutely fantastic. Um, loving the uh, the dialogue between the characters, especially Harley and 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 Harley not getting the respect that. Um, she may deserve uh, seeing Zealot go through some crazy freaking ritual while she's on the island. Uh, there's there's a lot on every page. Kelly's writing a great story, but the art is um, it, it's just really helping move things along. Um, it's it's just it's it's a lot of fun. It is it's it's definitely. One of my favorite fun books I'm, I'm currently reading. It's uh, it's probably more in line with whatever's going on with the main DC universe than uh, than, than some of the other things I'm reading. But um, it's not bogged down by it. I mean, it's only been three issues. So it's not like we're worried about a long way crossover or, or or night terror showing up again. But we have. Um, <laughs> We we do have uh, uh, what should we call it? There is there is reference to what Tom is doing in his Wonder Woman title. So 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 it is it is within continuity. It's not like it's in its own world, like the world's finest stuff. Um, but but Kelly's handling it extremely well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm can't wait to see what the uh, fourth part of uh, of Megadeth shows us but i am um 
I'm 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 really glad that uh, I'm I'm enjoying a Birds of Prey book. Nice. As my kids would say, Kelly is a real one. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is for sure, dude. No, I'm with you there. I love I'm loving Birds of Prey. I haven't read the call yet. I got to. I figured I'll wait just wait for it to finish now because I got we have four. Yeah, issues. it's five issues. Yeah. yeah. But it seems like y'all are excited because I said it was on a lot of y'all's lists today. For, for, for yeah, I mean, I, I I know the art might not be to everybody's liking. I I'm I'm interested in the story more mm-hmm. than the, I I like the art. I, I but um, it's the story of Kelly's creator own book so far. The art has been like I'm not saying it's been bad by any means. I'm saying but like it's it's been distinctive enough that for some people it's been a turnoff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which is a bummer because I mean the Plaque Loke was, was was a great story, but it was. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I can and get we're getting it. a second volume of that. Yes, we are. Um, in your travels, um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but I like uh, I like Terry Moore's work. Oh, where? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, it's a surprise, but um, but uh, the Parker Girls Omnibus came in one of my uh, my beloved shipments that I covet in the same way that Vince covets going to the store on Wednesdays. <laughs> Uh, when I open it up, I just get gleeful as I crack open the box to see what's in there and the beautiful packaging. Um, and in a box uh, two weeks ago was the Parker Girls Omnibus, which collects all 12 issues of the limited series that uh, just wrapped up. Um, it is, it is as most would guess, a follow-up to Strangers in Paradise, where um, one of the Parker Girls gets murdered and um, and you know, it's like the uh, it's like the blue like the blue line, right? Like when a Parker girl gets murdered, all the other Parker girls drop what they're doing and try to figure out what's happened, and they get intertwined with uh, with Piper is Piper May is the one that's killed Piper May's husband. Zachary May is a Elon Musk level crazy super rich billionaire tech guy, and he may be involved. And uh, and and Zachary, as it turns out, used to uh, used to be one of um. Kachu's tricks back when she was a in her early days as a Parker girl, and so she gets involved. and uh, And and these days, the Parker girls are being run by Tambi. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just great. It's it's an absolute banger of a story. There's all kinds of twists and turns. It's a bit of a little bit of an espionage, kind of like a almost like a um, kind of a little bit of a Ocean's Thirteen type of a vibe. A little bit of a heist type of situation going on. Uh, some double crossings, some some gotcha moments um, rendered in Terry's inimitable way, and uh, it was great. It was great. Uh, it's probably my favorite thing he's done, um, you know, out, outside of Strangers in Paradise in a long time. So, um, so unfortunately, it's wrapped up. But but the Omnibu is a beautiful, very reasonably sized hardcover, twelve issues. That's like super easy to read. You know, sometimes these Omnibus can get unwieldy, but but uh, but I don't even think it's necessarily fair to call this an omnibus, except that is what it's called. But like it, you know, it's really just more of a hardcover, and highly recommend that form factor for this. And uh, I, I, I said on the Slack, the only thing I'll say about Terry, and and it's not a new thing; it's always been the case, is that sometimes, like he he draws women beautifully, but he has like one face that he draws, and so in a book that is all women beautiful women like that the whole book is obviously parker girls so it's all it it does you have to really make sure you're paying attention to figure out which girls on the page because like it's just are they blonde or are they brunette you know but if there's in this case there's four blondes that are parker girls and there's 
three brunettes. So you do need to pay attention to that because sometimes you're like, wait a minute. But uh, but that's a minor complaint, you know, relative to the quality of the story and the overall quality of the illustration. Nice. I know Vince is ordering this right now. Click. Two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we all love what we love, right? That's right. (laughs) You love Hanselman, I love more. It's all good. It's so true. I'll tell you some truth, people. Uh, come back next week because we'll be here. That's rock solid truth right there. There okay. will be another one of these next week. So there will be uh, an episode next week. It's true. Yeah, stop in and uh, you know maybe a beverage or a sandwich, a pickle. Ooh, a Give you a pickle. Mm. Who doesn't love pickles? How big is your pickle? Depends what kind of pickle. Why do you have to fine tune it? Pickles. <laughs> Pickles yeah, no, I'm awesome. a fan. I'm a fan of pickles. Love them, love them. I'm and, a I'm a pretty omnibus pickle eat. Like I I like the I like the I like the the dills. I like the the sweet pickles. I like same. The, I, I like the spicy. Like I'm I'm pretty much on. I'm I never met a pickle, pickle I didn't like. I'm, I think I'm with you. Yeah. All right. I'm into the cornichons. Like you, I, whatever you need to give me, I'm good. Yeah, I'm not I'm not pretentious about it. like I'll eat any pickle. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Bread and butter. Slice? Do you like slice? Do you like wedge? What do you need more of a... Like I said, if it's a pickle, You're chomp. In I'm in it. You put it on a sandwich or you put it on the side? Whatever. Okay. What yeah. Do you like pick- relish? Uh, yes. Me too. Not Dap. He's not down with the condiments. Nah, Dap doesn't fuck with the condiments. Nah. Nah. But you know what he does mess around with? Cheap graphic novels. Say good night. Oh. We already did that. We pay attention. <laughs> night. Da, 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 da. Jason has no soul. David. I don't know if it's the uh, the season, but I'm feeling kind of jolly lately. I know. Oh, shit. You've been watching any of them Hallmarks? All the time. Hell, Jesus. Just... 24-7 <laughs> if I can. I love I... the freaking Hallmark channel. <laughs> it's so comfortably formulaic, right? Oh, for real. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, good Lord. Don't you wish they fucked, though? You know they, you know they do. Like, after that first kiss, he's No, like, I know, but, like, you know... I think that's an untapped reservoir. Like someone right? should do a, a channel that's like R-rated, where yes. the same the same general like Hallmark After Dark. Yes, formulaicness of the Hallmark movies, yep. but you get to see them getting busy. Because I'll tell you, yes. Allison Sweeney, I would love to see her. Oh get my busy. god! <laughs> Just saying, you are adorable. That's my girl. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> That's it for that one. <laughs>